Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Lights are out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. And here's Neesman. We'll run the clock out. And that's going to end the game. Well, the Warriors gave themselves a chance to win. But turnovers and... A lack of rebounding proved to be their undoing. And Boston takes a 2-1 NBA Finals lead. That's right. Celtics win it tonight, 116-100. to As we welcome you to Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game, John Dickinson at TD Garden in Boston, joined as well by Whitey Gleason back in the Bay. And, uh, yeah, Tim Roy putting a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good summation of the activities tonight in Boston. Uh, 68 points allowed, far too many for the Celtics in the first half. The Warriors with their big third-quarter run, Whitey. It felt uh, throughout the night like this was a game the Warriors could steal. They hit a bunch of big three-pointers in key moments to either hang around the, the huge third quarter to take the lead briefly, but the Celtics responded themselves into the third and then in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Warriors 23-11 to in the final frame, and the Warriors find themselves down two games to one. Second chance points, an issue. Uh, offensive rebounding and, and points in the paint, a big issue, and just defense in general. So a lot to chew on and a lot to get into here for the next three hours as we're going to be with you all the way until midnight on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Whitey? First of all, J.D., happy Thursday, because I believe it's already Thursday where you are. So, uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> happy June 9th to you. Yeah, yeah. You'll join the party when we're off the air. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, 
I, I think we have to give the Celtics credit for as much composure as they showed tonight after that loss in a game that got emotional. They played tonight with composure. There was a time or two to the point you made about the Warrior rally, especially in the third, where it looked like, oh, Boston's in trouble. They're going to start turning the ball over and forget how to play basketball, and they held things together. So, yeah, good for them. Uh, I agree with you. I had the same things highlighted you did. I, tonight, Boston really made the Warriors at times look small, and you mentioned the rebounding edge and Second chance points were huge tonight, J.D., as you know, because you look at just the field goal attempts. A lot of the numbers in the box score, fairly even, but the Warriors had 78 attempts. Boston had 89 attempts tonight. So, yeah, second chance points, 22-11, the edge for Boston. And as you mentioned, points in the paint, Boston 52, Warriors 26. And Draymond Green, not very uh, effective tonight. You made a great point after we were, uh, you know, wrapping up uh, game two and you pointed out that the Warriors probably uh, got a kind of a beneficial whistle. Um, that was certainly true. It was not the case tonight. But, you know, on the road, that's just that's playoff basketball. No, it, it, that is playoff basketball. And I, I think, you know, look, at, at times the Warriors, I thought, had a real opportunity to, in this one to steal it. And, and, and had they, when they got the lead from down 18 up to there in the second half, it was it, it was a chance to I think deliver what what would have been a devastating blow, but the Celtics were poised enough to respond. I thought the Warriors were poised enough to kind of hang in the game, but it, it's the kind of game that you know now the Celtics win and you look at the box score and yeah Draymond Green a very difficult night for him he's he's become the Draymond Green that's just not an offensive threat whatsoever uh, the crowd was all over him tonight with some uh, not safe for work chants a couple of them uh throughout the the evening and he just did not play well and the Warriors though on a night where we're waiting for that Clay Thompson game and I know it was 7 to 17 but I think as close as we've seen to a big Clay Thompson game 25 points 31 from Curry and you know even Andrew Wiggins although he didn't make the three ball uh, wound up putting in 18 points this is a game where the Warriors lose with Steph and Clay both having big games and now there's the quick turnaround and and game four right back here in Boston the only time in this series where it's one day off between games and I think the fact that the Warriors did scratch and claw and fight their way back into the game now when you lose that game it sets you up for game four to be a lot more difficult back in this building as the older team now we know Steph Curry uh, was uh, looked like he got banged up a little bit uh, when Al Horford uh, had, had fallen on him I know we'll hear from Steve Kerr but it, it sounds like it's nothing serious I know Coach Kerr said we'll, we'll know more about it tomorrow. Uh, was kind of angry at the at the notion that that maybe he was pulled due to some kind of an injury. Steve Kerr in the post game press conference telling the, the reporter that that asked, no, it was because we were down and not going to come back in the game with two minutes to go. Uh, so Curry just an incredible third quarter. That seven point possession for the Warriors with Otto Porter hitting a three on the flagrant foul. Uh, he wasn't really limping or anything going to the locker room after the game. So it it, it looks like Curry's okay. Although the Warriors say. More news on that tomorrow, but uh, Golden State now, Whitey, in a, in a tough, tough predicament where they didn't play a great game by any means, but they exerted a lot of energy to come back, and it winds up being an L. 
By the way, that play where there was that mad scramble, and I'm not just saying this because Steph Curry got hurt, I think that's one of the most poorly officiated plays throughout basketball. People are flopping around on the floor, and officials, and you see this at the college level too, for some reason it's like, well, we can't call a foul now. I mean, you had people, that was like one of the longest scrums on the floor of a basketball game I've ever seen, and the officials were just letting them go, and you had people diving and rolling on each other. That was unfortunate, and hopefully Steph's okay. One of the interesting Interesting things about this that really, to me, J.D., speaks to what a difficult matchup this is for the Warriors is you look at uh, their offense tonight, and yeah, they, they scored 100, which wasn't a lot, but they were making three-point shots, they were in the game, but they only had 22 assists tonight. The Warriors have really, we talked about this after game two, they've changed a lot of their half-court attack because of the way Boston plays, and they're, they're running a lot for them, a lot of high pick-and-rolls, and then Steph comes off the screen, and he's got Horford or Williams in the drop, and he's taken advantage of that so the Warriors have done a good job with that but just the point that they've had to make those changes to adapt to the way Boston defends that says a lot then also they they had struggles especially you know in the first half the Warriors did not play very good defense tonight um and and we know Boston's a very good team but it just you the more you look at that you realize this team's really a challenge for the Warriors the first half Boston made 57.4 percent of their shots so uh, I know there's every chance here the Warriors get the next game and everything's right on track they steal home court but they really have their hands full with this Boston team they had trouble keeping up with them tonight 888-957-9570, We want to hear from you. It's Warriors Wrap-Up, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, as I am at uh, TD Garden in Boston. Celtics win it tonight, 116-100, to so a two-games-to-one series advantage. And, uh, Whitey, we had the, the note the other night after game number two, uh, how big is game three in an NBA Finals when the series is tied at a game apiece? 39 times previous. Obviously, the team that wins game three when the series is tied one-to-one and uh, the team that wins game three, 32 of those 39 times has Mm. gone on to win the series. So now put the Celtics, Whitey, in, in that category. Huh. I guess we have to, don't we? But that's all right. Yeah, a win in the next game. And like I said, as we all know, everything is right back on track uh, for the Warriors. But, you know, Draymond, you touched on Draymond, and we talked about that already. I said before the last game I I thought he may struggle with Jalen Brown. Uh, He did at times tonight. Thought that he was on him the whole game. But, yeah, uh, Draymond tonight, was he was really kind of a non-factor other than the fouls. He didn't do much in the Warriors' uh, interior offense. They weren't getting to the rim much. And I know that Grant Williams said after the game that was a real point of emphasis for them. They were trying to keep the Warriors from scoring inside. He said, we know they're going to make some threes, and they had a decent night from the three-point range. But Boston really concentrated on keeping the Warriors from, from scoring at the rim tonight. They did a really good job of that. Seven block shots and, yeah. and some, I mean, just some awe-dropping block shots that, yeah. that really lit an already incredible Boston crowd. I, I don't know that, that the crowd necessarily impacted the Warriors at all. I thought the Warriors, for the most part, they didn't play well, but I do think they played poised and, mm-hmm. and, and unaffected by it, which is a, a nice check for a, a veteran team that's been in a lot of tough environments. Uh, but they didn't play well, and yeah, the, the seven blocks, 
Uh, and Robert Williams was just, I mean, everywhere. There were times tonight, four, he had four of the seven. I mean, there were times where it kind of felt like the Celtics had an extra defender out there. Like, where did that guy come from? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very impressive. And you're right about the Warriors. There were a handful of times where it looked like Boston was uh, just on the verge of just pushing this thing into blowoutville. And the Warriors hung tough, and they hung tough, and then they had their flurries. And when Steph made the shot that gave the Warriors a lead was 83 82 I really thought all right this is a real test for Boston this is a time in the playoffs when things have been going their way and now all of a sudden they got the pressure at being at home and they've blown this lead I was really thinking there was a really good chance here that they would cease to function in the half court and to their credit they they found a way through tonight 888-957-9570, Let's get our, our handyman hero of the game in here. Before we get to the calls, we've got full phone lines, uh, and we'll get to the calls here beginning in just a second. But our handyman hero of the game brought to you by Handyman Heroes. Handyman Heroes, your one-stop shop for home repair and remodeling. Mention the game for a 10% discount on all labor. Visit Handyman Hero. Dot es. That's www.handymanhero.es. Whitey, I'm going to give you the first crack at the Handyman Hero for tonight. Oh, it gives me no pleasure to do this, but he did go to Cal. So Jalen Brown tonight was huge for the Celtics with his 27 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Got off to a great start. Got Boston off to a great start. So Jalen Brown would be my reluctantly my Handyman Hero of the night, J.D. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give a quick nod to to Steph for just some unbelievable shot making mm-hmm. uh, to to help keep four the point play from, from getting blown out. The four point play the, the wound up being a seven. How many times have you seen a seven point possession <laughs> in, in NBA history, Whitey? Uh, you're you're a historian of the game. I like to consider myself a historian of the game. The Warriors had a seven point possession. Yeah, right? that's unheard. Of. I mean, they was like they they scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen that. I'm sure it's happened. I don't know that I've seen it, J.D. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I can't remember a seven-point possession. Uh, but, but I'll give Steph the nod, and I, I kind of had the thought tonight as the Warriors were coming back, wow, Steph is really, he is really putting it in through three games as far as, as you know, what everybody in the Bay and all Warrior fans want, you know, him to check that final box of a, a potential finals MVP. But then the other part of that, and you know where I'm going, is, well, you got to win the series. Yeah. So it's and 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 now with the Warriors trade, obviously the most important part is 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 that and you know, but it, it it was a thought that crossed my mind. Like he's been really good through three games, although he got attacked defensively a lot tonight. Uh, him and Jordan Poole, but you got to win the series for for some of those offensive numbers and 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 what he's done on that end in somewhat spectacular fashion at times to to show through. Well, it's a great point because we know we've had this debate nationally for years about Steph. And we have, you know, if circumstances are right, he plays well. But when you really need him, where is he? And I made the note here, third quarter, it's like he's been doing in this series. And even tonight, even though they lost... He's been doing the things that his critics have been saying, J.D., that he can't do, that he can't take over a game, right? He did that tonight. Didn't work out for him. We saw it uh, in the last game, and we saw it tonight. So he's doing some of the things that the naysayers say, oh, Steph Curry's good, but he can't take over a game like some of the greats. He's been doing that. He has been doing that. So 888-957-9570. Let's, let's get it rolling on the phone lines. Uh, Baker Bryan in Redwood City gets us tipped off tonight here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Baker Bryan? 
Hey everybody, uh, thank you for having me. Um, I love the show. I love you. I love you guys. The game was awesome. It had its ups and downs. Uh, what I, I, what I want to say is just take it easy. Take it easy. It never felt like the Warriors were going to lose the game, even though they did lose. But it just never felt like that. You know, uh, they simply lost focus trying to extend that lead that they had, similar to what happened in Game One. Throwing that ball across the court is what lost that momentum for the for that Warriors run that they were having. Just you know, silly turnovers that you know uh, threw that lead as a, that caused them to lose that focus. They just need to keep that focus for the entire 48 minutes and stay out of foul trouble, which is what allowed Tatum to attack the paint. Stephen Green couldn't stay aggressive in defense for that reason because of foul trouble. It won't happen again for the Celtics because the Warriors are one of the best teams when it comes to making adjustments. Warriors simply have too much firepower to to not win this series. So Warriors in six still. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Baker Bryant. 888-957-9570. Yeah, I I mean, look, the Warriors kept – you know they kept coming tonight, which they they do get credit for, and a lot of that was the the flow of the game was hit a big shot or a, a series of big shots to to keep yourself in the game or put yourself in position to to win it. But then they did shoot themselves in the foot a little bit as well and killed some of the momentum that that they had had built once they really had an opportunity. To you know, there were a couple times where they got oh, I got it down to eight. Celtics push it back up into the into into double digits. Got it to the point where they had the lead, and then yes, fouls and some momentum changing turnovers did flip it. And also the second chance points, the offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. The Warriors were able to get some stops, but the Celtics would would get it back and be able to score on the second chance. And that also has you know the ability to to be really deflating to to a team that's trying to to work its way back. Into a comeback, you know Marcus Smart's a really good player, and he had 24 tonight, and he has seven rebounds. He's a really good player, but JD, he's really not a great point guard. And in a way, with this team, you know they used to have Kyrie running the show, then they had Kemba, and now it's kind of like, okay, you're the point guard now. He's almost a point guard by default, and that's one reason they traded for Derek White, who does a really nice job as well. My point is, yeah, uh, Marcus Smart's a really good player, but he he had some terrible turnovers tonight, Mm -hmm. and that clear. Clearly is their weakness, and the Warriors can't take advantage of that when Boston's turning the ball over like mad, and then the Warriors are turning it over too. 17 total turnovers for the Warriors, negating the advantage you have over Boston in that, uh, in that regard. Yeah, the Warriors were able to score 19 points off the 12 turnovers, which is, which is a pretty darn good rate. Yeah, but then yeah. They, they, because they had so many, the Celtics only got one point per turnover, but it was 17 points on the on the 17 turnovers. So I think that's a that's a real good point uh, as well. There eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero Mo Money in San Francisco next on Warriors wrap up. Hey Mo Money. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind? So this, is, you know, actually, what happened tonight? Uh, game. What happened was uh, Steph was already in foul trouble. And Jason Tatum was just—he was just attacking him. And the Warriors just got—you know—they just got beat today. And Draymond didn't have his game. So I'm looking forward to Game Number Four, where I think they'll make the adjustment and they'll come back home with a victory. And hopefully they'll play a lot tougher than uh, they did tonight. 
Thanks for the call. I do think in the ever back and forth nature of a, of a series, you had the Celtics really physical, especially in the fourth quarter. They come back, they stun the Warriors in game one. What's the big adjustment for the Warriors in game two? They, they did make some strategic adjustments, but, but Steve Kerr always talks about the, the force adjustment. I think the, the Warriors in, in some ways kind of punked the Celtics in, in game two with the way that they were, you know, Draymond going after you know, guys and talking and, and all of that. It worked in the in the Warriors' favor there, Whitey. But tonight, series shifts, emotional lift from the Celtics crowd here at, at, at TD Garden. And I thought they were the more physical, athletic team again. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit Sunday and, and, and over the last couple of days stationwide. You know, what was it going to be tonight? Was it going to be the Warriors showing that, that game two was them building on something and, and starting to seize control of the series or would the Celtics win tonight and basically tell the Warriors, Hey, you're, you're still in trouble. And those things that happened in the fourth quarter of game one, that's real. And those are problems that, that we can pose for you over the course of a, of a long series. The Celtics made that statement tonight. It game two was not the fluke at this point. I'm not saying game one and tonight are the, are the rule for the series, but game two was not the fluke. We now know that for sure. Yeah, both teams came in tonight mindful of that number that you shared with us earlier. Both teams mindful of uh, really establishing their will uh, on the other club. And the Warriors looked, as I said, they looked small. They got pushed around a little bit. Uh, Boston, they're, they're clutch. They, they now are 7-0 after a loss in the postseason. So that's a disappointing thing for the Warriors. You know, the Warriors did have their moments tonight, and they kept at it, and they rallied, and they took that lead. But ultimately, Boston was too big and too swift for them, and that's a little bit of a discouraging sign going into Game 4. Warriors come out when the next one. Everything's right back on track. But there were some really discouraging signs for the Warriors tonight because Boston took care of their business. Let's keep it rolling on the phones. Joe and San Jose next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Joe. Hey, um, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, each game teaches us something uh, different. I think we learned something from Game 2 and Game 3. Um, clearly, physical defense is the formula. and uh, uh, But it's also clear that when Robert, when Robert Williams plays extended minutes, they win pretty much uh, all those games. So Robert Williams played only 14 minutes the previous game, and we were able to score at will uh, in the paint as well as in the perimeter. But when when he played uh, more minutes today, he struggled to score in the paint. He grabbed a lot of offensive rebounds. And also, uh, in a funny sort of way, this forced a lot of turnovers as well because Warriors knew they had to make throw a lot of risky passes uh, to score because they knew that there's no easy score available in the paint. So this is in some way an L on Bob Myers. We knew all along that we lack size, and it is beginning to hurt us at the time we needed the more. So that's the first point I want to make, and I also would like to invite your thoughts on that. And second, uh, Draymond Green needs to stop doing his podcast and start working in the gym. Uh, shooting is not a genetic defect. He, he clearly can shoot. He showed us that he could shoot the 2016 Game 7 Finals. Um, he shot something like five, six, three-pointers because he was used to shooting at the time. He was practicing shooting, and he was getting good at it. Now, he suddenly stopped doing that. He's not spending any time in the gym doing that. He's spending all his time doing podcasts. You need to stop doing that. And third... A... Go ahead, Joe. I'll let you have make one more point. 
uh, who are his, uh, who, all those Curry critics about Curry not performing in the NBA Finals now can shut up forever because Curry has put this beyond doubt that he's a clutch player when you need him the most. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate the call there. A couple of things. Yeah, on Steph, 100%. And look, Steph had had good finals before. Like, Just look at the numbers. I think we could make the case, and I think others have over the last week, Whitey, that Steph has in some ways maybe been an underrated finals performer because there is that narrative seemingly hanging over him that he hasn't played well. You look at the numbers, he actually has played well in mm-hmm. in the finals overall, and this series is just a, a continuation of that. As far as the Draymond thing, again, and, and he got asked about the, the podcast in the postgame press conference and, and gave a, a fascinating answer, and, and, and the question wasn't even along the line of what Joe was saying, you know, hey, the, is the podcast, you know, you're not focusing on the right things or whatever the 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 person that asked the question the reporter had asked the question with regard to you know maybe are you giving something you know too much away in terms of the things that you're talking Mm -hmm. about we'll hear that a little bit later but but here's the thing and i know steve kerr got asked about the podcast as well and draymond doing it and all that and he's been asked about it when draymond started doing it it's just the way of the world uh, now. And I think Steve Kerr gave the perfect answer. It's 2022. Players are also media members, even players at the same time. Like, it, it's Draymond's a unique test case, I think, for this. But to me, it's more a sign of the times, Whitey. And it, and it look, but that said, if you don't win and you don't play well, fans are not going to like it. Like, it's just, that's just reality. And I, I know Joe. And a lot of other people out there are thinking the same thing, even if I don't necessarily agree with it or you don't necessarily agree with And that's that's also fair. You're going to feel kind of how you're going to feel about it. But mm-hmm. Draymond's working on his game, though, too. I don't want to get that carried away. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Draymond doing his podcast. It gives us a lot of things to talk about. I, I just don't buy into the thought that, well, he'd be a better player if he spent more time practicing and less time on his podcast. I I. I understand that, but I don't necessarily feel he's got other problems. Like I think Jalen Brown's a really tough matchup for him, and he's he's got some issues with his offensive game now. So I think that's those are the important issues rather than the podcast. Uh, As far as Joe's other points, real quick, I know we have people that 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 want to share their thoughts here. L on Bob Myers, I wouldn't go that far, but it is you know that whole thing about why didn't they get some size that that does that's a thought that I had tonight. Uh, We know that they thought Wiseman would be coming back, and that's why they didn't get somebody if they didn't know Wiseman was going to be if they didn't know that he he, if they knew that he wouldn't be back, they would have gotten someone else. It is interesting though that you consider when they announced he was done for the year. JD, that was a long time ago. They, you know, if if <laughs> it's reasonable to yeah. think he could have been working out and been back on the team, they must have gotten to a point well, where they figured he can't help us this year, so we're shutting him down. Well, and they clearly didn't want him to make his debut in in the playoff series or yeah. in a final series. Like they just wanted, and they did, and they wanted everybody to to know, like just let's just take that question away right. take that off his plate we're just we're just flat out not not doing it so right, yeah, even right. if even if they did play a two-month run which they're now coming up on you know this next week now uh with at least two more games uh, what would be a, a, a two-month run so yeah, yeah. I, I think well well said there whitey Good. did you have a, a just one more thing yeah on the yep. on the curry stuff and i agree with joe i'm reluctant to say this because people are going to misconstrue i'm not saying this but you know that if the warriors lose this series Maybe they don't. If they 
do, you know that the naysayers are going to go, yeah, well, see, Steph couldn't do it without Durant. It's ridiculous. We've seen him play. He's doing things that the naysayers said he couldn't do. But you know how it is, J.D., if they don't win this series, there are going to be some that are going to point a finger at him. Even though there's no basis for that, you know that that's, that's what's coming if they lose this series. J.J. and San Ramon, you're not next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, J.J. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great to be with you. Um, I wish I could have the privilege of being Draymond's coach. I tell him a couple things. We really need his defense. And I'm wondering, because you guys are numbers guys, how many times Draymond chatters with the referees? If that ends up having calls go his way afterwards or not, to me, that's a waste of energy. And I think that argument could carry over to his podcast. We're three games into a seven-game series. We're not, you know, under 30 anymore. I think we need to conserve our emotional energy because that drives Draymond and that drives our defense. And save that for the games because his feet were slow in the second half. He wasn't able to stay in front of Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's going to take it to the hoop on him as much as possible. And I'd be, I'd be mad if I were Draymond. I would not want to let that guy do that to me. And I would just focus the rest of this this series on being the best defender I can be because that's the way I help my team. Sure, I made some threes in 2016, but now I'm against a team that has length. They cut off the passing lanes. They're, you know, causing turnovers. For the people who say Steph isn't, you know, great enough to win a series, which is baloney, talk about those 17 turnovers, how many of those turnovers converted to points. So we need to take care of the ball. We need to take care of Draymond on defense. And we need to, like, stop being back on our heels. I'd like to see us work harder with our feet and shut our mouths. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes a lot of sense, JJ. And thank, thank you very much for the call. Look, look, yeah. the Warriors' defense in the first half was atrocious. It was terrible. I mean, it, and they were getting beat off the dribble. It was drive and kick. They went to the zone uh, at times, and when they went to the zone, and you pointed this out, uh, it, it, what in game one? I mean, the Celtics were able to make two quick passes and get behind the Warriors' defense when they went to the zone. Really bad breakdowns and, and making a team pay. Like, you should not be able to play zone at, a, at this level, Whitey, in, in the NBA for very long without having it, uh, you know, get you beat. And the Warriors have been punished at times in this series by the Celtics when they've gone to that as well. No, we, you, we saw it. Game yeah. two's the template. It's get, it's get physical, and and it's it's dominate in that fashion on the defensive end. When the Warriors have been elite defensively in this series, they've been able to control the series, but they have not been in two of these three games, and it's why they're down 2-1. to one. The Warriors fell behind 26-11 to 11 on a Horford jam that was against the zone where they went to him in the middle and they just they just they just just tore the zone apart on that play. I don't know if you remember that play. Yeah. They go inside, back out, then back yep. in for a dunk. And it was like Boston going, are you sure you want to keep doing that? But as far as adjustments going forward, the Warriors have to. And we had this discussion maybe during the Dallas series. They're going to have to now find ways to keep Boston from picking on Steph in the pick and roll where maybe you don't switch as much. Or they're going to have to find a way to get more traction in the zone, maybe put Bielitsa back on top. But, uh, yeah, they, they do have to make some kind of adjustment defensively before the next game to the point you made yes and i'll make it again i just said it but the the boston celtics had a lot of success tonight attacking uh steph curry the defender 
and the foul trouble. You know, Steph got the platitudes, and he deserved them for, for the way that he played in Game 2 specifically, you know, two-way player and all of that. I think the mm-hmm. foul trouble really hurt Steph in this one. I, I thought the foul trouble really uh, – Draymond fouled out. Wiggins ended up with four. I mean, Steph did a, did a nice job staying on the floor so he could help him offensively, but he also did get attacked more because he was in foul trouble, and that was a, a big-time problem for, for the Warriors throughout the, the night in this one. Idris in Hayward is up next. 888-957-9570. Idris, what's going on tonight, my man? How are you? Can you hear me? Okay, I got six points, and y'all took dance off the air. First thing is Really, Warriors, why, why do we keep getting off to these slow stuff? We were almost down by 20 at the half. I was like, come on. You guys are the offensive, more superior offensive team, but that's number one. Number two, we got out-rebounded these small lineups that Steve Kirky's putting in. It's, I mean, I've not watched a series where Kamal Looney has looked bad. I think he, we need to play him more. Third, Clay Thompson got hot, but he was frozen before that, and that's how we got down by so much because he kept taking shots and it wasn't helping. And then uh, fourth, what's the next thing? Oh, yeah, it seemed like, give credit to Boston. It seemed like every time the Warriors made a shot, they came right back and made a shot. It was like, what's going on? Like, they were matching us tick for tack. And then sixth, I mean, come on. The turnovers and costly moments. And here's the seventh one. Steve Kerr sat Kerr when he was on fire. Like, I was scared for Boston. We were like, look at this guy. He's showing the world again. He's the best shooter. Oh, you know what? Let's sit him. Don't put them away, and then we'll bring them back on the fourth. They come back in the fourth, sloppy turnovers. They try to do too much. When Curry is that hot, you don't sit him. I don't care. That's all I got for y'all. Glory to God. I appreciate the call. We'll go last one first. And I think I think Idris missed one. I think he ended up with six because I was I was well, jotted said, down. He, as, he said as, he had six, yeah. and then he got mixed up, and he went to seven. But he did. He was right the first time. He had six. Yeah. He, he had six, exactly. Yeah. So thanks for the call, Idris. He went, you went six for six. Uh, 37 minutes for Steph. He didn't play in the final couple. Look, it's a catch-22, I think, for Steve Kerr because he took him out when he did in the third because he was going to play the whole fourth. That was the plan. Take him out, get him a couple minutes, play the whole fourth. And I think he also took him out so he wouldn't get a fifth foul mm-hmm. at some point before the end of the quarter. And then, you, and then you're in big trouble if he gets the fifth foul. I think he thought in the moment, hey, we've come back. Let's get through a couple of minutes here. We'll start the fourth quarter, and, and then it's go time. We'll get right back on him again. And Steph has, has been electrifying at this point. And so the Warriors will be able to, you know, to, to, be able to keep the, the run going. But it's it's one or the other, and I know a lot of Warrior fans, and I know some of the media, you know, just play him the whole second half. I, I think maybe Steve Kerr would have considered that tonight if he hadn't been in foul trouble. But it, it is kind of a one or the other. I just don't see I don't see Steve Kerr playing him entire second halves. I just don't. He's gonna get him a two or a three minute break somewhere. It's not going to be six, but it is going to be a two or three minute break. Fair though, I think to point out. Uh, the fact that Steve Kerr did take him out, essentially when the Warriors were were mm-hmm. really putting the putting the run down and it had come all the way back. 
Yeah, that was my first reaction was, what they're taking him out now? And as you say, J.D., you look at it, you process, it's like, okay, I get it. But I understand my gut reaction was the same as Idris is like, what are you doing? I will say I thought Steve Kerr as a coach did a really good job tonight managing the foul issues. You know, and I learned this, not that anyone cares when I was coaching like eighth grade basketball. You know, if you got a player in foul trouble, you don't want them to foul out. Why not? Because then you lose them. Well, if you sit them down because they're in foul trouble, it's the same thing. They're still you lose available. Him. You lose yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. So Steve Kerr realized, like, it's Steph Curry. I got him out there one way or the other. So I thought he did a really good job of that for the most part. A couple other things. I mean, we, we talked about the turnovers. Uh, we've, we've given, I think, credit to Boston for sure. I thought Clay, for the most part, took good shots. I thought he hit some some forced ones tonight at a higher rate than he than he had in, in other games. You still look up at the end of the night. I thought Clay had a pretty good night. But 7 to 17, you know, it, it wasn't 11 to 17. It was 7 to 17. And maybe had it been 11 for 17, we, we'd be talking about a, a different different outcome down the stretch. Uh, but I do think this was obviously Clay. Clay's best game of the series. Uh, the Warriors did go small quickly tonight. I thought that was interesting. Both teams went small quickly tonight with Derek White coming in early and the Warriors went to GP2 early with and, and went away from from Kavon Looney. Uh, interesting decisions there. And, yeah, as far as the slow starts go, it's pretty predictable to think that the Warriors would have a slow start in a game three in this building, although the Celtics had had a tendency to come out flat. They did not. They clearly were cognizant of the fact that they'd come out flat and gotten down big in a couple of their first games in this building of series. They did it with Milwaukee in the conference semis. They did it with Miami in the game three that was 1-1 back here a couple of weeks ago, and Miami jumped out to a massive first quarter lead and hung on down the stretch to win it. Uh, the Celtics were cognizant of that. I do think they deserve credit for that as well. But, yeah, the Warriors have to, you know, it, it seems like it's taking the Warriors a little bit of time in some of these games to to kind of figure out what the Celtics have going for them defensively on that night. Here's the thing with Clay, and obviously step in the right direction based on what we saw in the last game, and he had 25, and he had what? He had 12 straight points, I think, in the, in the second quarter. But the thing is, you know, with Clay, when and the bar is so high with him, you know, when he used to go nuclear, uh, he would be that hot, like, for the rest of the game. So he had that stretch there. Then overall, it's like, mm, that, that's a better game. It's just, you know, he's just not where he was, and we see that, too, when he gets hot even. He doesn't stay hot as long. To me, J.D., you know, Clay is the release isn't quite as quick as it was. It used to be so like boom, boom. So it's not quite as quick. So maybe because of that, he knows that he's rushing it a little bit. But bottom line, a step in the right direction tonight. But, you know, old Clay would get hot like that where he scored 12 straight and he would just keep that going the rest of the game. And he's just not there yet. 888-957-9570. We'll keep it rolling. Charlie is next here. What's going on, Charlie? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, evening, guys. Um, I just wanted to follow up what most people are saying. Um, Draymond had a dreadful game. I'm really surprised, especially with all the chatter that was going on the last couple of days. He was really flat tonight. Um, I agree with Idris. Uh, I, I think circumstances lent themselves to keeping Curry in to finish the third quarter and then let him rest. I, I mean, if I were Kerr, I would have let him finish the third quarter because they, they were rolling and they maybe could have pushed that lead up uh, a little. 
and um, and then resting maybe the first two minutes of the fourth quarter, or playing the whole second half. I mean, if that you know, this is this is crunch time. Um, uh, a couple other observations: Wiggins. I, and I, I don't like to be critical of him because he's been having such a great playoffs, but he's been missing some open shots. He missed some uh, last game, game two, the Warriors won, but he missed a lot of lay, a lot of easy layups, and um, they're just, they're just uh, they, 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 these slow starts are killing them. Um, uh, I don't know. I, that, that's all I got, guys. I just feel those are the things I want to throw out there. Wiggins, yeah, some open shots and stuff like that. And, and um, anyway, all right, I'll keep well, it sitting. Guys. The, the big difference for Wiggins Thanks, when he plays well and doesn't play well, and he he has been, I think, in some ways, one of the Warriors' most consistent players this year. Uh, but the the tell for Wiggins is always the three point shot. Like and tonight, it was one of six from three. If he knocks down three of six. Again, we're we're probably talking about a different game in the fourth quarter. I also think that one area where we do have to absolutely give the Celtics credit is with the the shot blocking in particular. Like they are flying around, and I think that that's a part of you know it's not just missed layups, and the Celtics missed some layups tonight, some some real easy opportunities yeah. at points where maybe they could have turned it into a blowout. That was part of the reason I think why, especially in the in the first half. They didn't turn the game in, into a blowout, but the Celtics are flying around and challenging. And, and when teams are challenging at the rim, it makes it a lot more difficult, even on the ones that are more open. And I think that's where the Celtics' defense is having a big a, a big impact on things. I think you and Charlie are onto something because Game One, uh, which the Warriors, of course, as we know, they lost. Wiggins was two for seven on his three-point shots. Game two, which mm-hmm. they won, he was two for three. And then tonight he's one for six. One thing I liked about Wiggins a lot tonight, I know Van Gundy made this comment, but I had it in my notes as well. I'm not just saying this because he said it. Wiggins was really doing a good job attacking the basket at times tonight. He finished with the 18. So, yeah, the three-point shot, you know, he they need him to knock down a higher percentage than one for six, two for seven. But I really thought his aggressiveness, that's something a lot of Warrior fans have been you know, clamoring for from him. And as far as taking the ball to the basket, I thought he did a good job of that tonight. All right, let's get a let's get a quick update on Steph Curry from Steph Curry as he's meeting with the media downstairs right now. And and Steph uh, said, and again, we'll play it later, but we want to relay it right now and get back to the calls. Said that that his injury is the same thing he did against Boston in the regular season. So going back to that March sixteenth game, which he. Uh, he ended up missing the, the remainder of the regular season, able to come back in the playoffs. He said, though, quote, obviously there will be some pain, but I'll be all right. So he's not expecting to miss any time. Obviously, it's the NBA Finals, I think. But that's, uh, that's I would say, not the greatest of news for, for the Warriors right now. If he's admitting, hey, there's something going on there, it doesn't feel great, going to play through it because it's the finals essentially as I translate a little bit for Steph but similar to what he did on March 16th your your instant reaction to that Whitey uh, well, it tells me that he's been struggling with it a little more than, than we thought. Left foot injury was the original uh, diagnosis right I know there was a there was a bone bruise involved 
Um, and then we're I'm not. It was a ligament. Was it a tendon? It was a tendon strain, right, JD? He, he a sprained tendon. I got to go back and check on exactly what was wrong. So um, the fact that he did play, he was just wincing. He clearly was in a lot of pain. So my guess is that you know that the bruise isn't healed up yet. It's still very tender. Uh, the way he played tonight, I think he'll be okay. The way he talked about it, I think he'll be okay. I don't see that as something where they have to consider he's got to sit out. He's just got to he's got to play through that pain. But I think it's better than than having a, a sprained ankle. All right, let's get back to the phones here. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. I mean, again, it's the finals, so there's yeah. no way he's gonna unless it's really bad. Uh, but I, I think you know that's. That's a little. That's a little problematic. I, I think, mm-hmm. as far as where things are right now with Steph. Let's let's get Ricky, uh, who's calling us from Boston. What's up, Ricky? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, just want to talk about Clay's performance on the fourth quarter. But just quick on the game overall. Thought it was kind of sloppy. I'm I'm thinking the Celtics probably watched a lot of that uh, Grizzlies uh, matchup against the Warriors. How they know that. The guards of the Warriors don't like to box out, go for rebounds. They're exposing that. That's what the Celtics—excuse me—the Celtics are doing. Because I don't think the guards of the Warriors like to box. I, I, I noticed Clay. He's trying. At least he's trying. He's in the box. He's in the lane, but he's just getting pushed around. You know, they—they're getting the ball. You know, over the back rebounds over the Warriors. That's what the Celtics are doing. Um, Clay in the fourth quarter, man, he was good. You know, he had a good second quarter. He's right, like he had like twelve points, straight twelve mm-hmm. points. I think it was in the second quarter, but in the fourth, he was just ice, man. He was MIA. And if you're getting paid forty million dollars a year, bro, like you need to score me at least a couple of buckets in the fourth quarter, man. I mean, this is the finals. Um, you know, Kobe is a favorite player. You got to have the Mamba mentality. You know, I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, I'm hoping he can build from this game. But he needs to show up in the fourth quarter, Clay. Um, you know, I thought Gary Payton was off in his defense. Uh, I mean, the bench for the Warriors, they got to figure something out. I think they got to go a little deeper, maybe play Kaminga. Um, you know, get that physicality, that athleticism there, match it up with the Celtics. Um, I'm hoping the Warriors take, you know, Friday. You know, I really do, man. All right, guys. God bless, man. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Uh, Clay 0 for 3. Steph didn't play well in the fourth quarter either. And I think that's, again, you know, Clay 0 for 3, Steph 1 for 4 in the, in the fourth quarter. Just just looking at it, they both had a pair of, of looks from 3. The Warriors were 1 for 9 from 3 in the fourth quarter. So they had, they had clawed their way back into the game. They were shooting the three ball at a really high rate. But you look at it, they were 14 for 31 going into the fourth quarter from three, and they wind up one for nine in the fourth quarter from three. So if you, if you point out Clay, and it's fair to point out Clay, you also have to point out Steph. I mean, he, he for as great as he was in the third, he, he, didn't, he didn't have it in, in the fourth quarter, and the Warriors collectively, offensively, didn't, didn't have it in that fourth quarter. I think that also speaks to why Steve Kerr took Steph out when he did. Uh, I know we don't want to hear about it, you know, because it's the finals and they're just playing basketball. But, you know, Steph Curry works so hard. He runs, especially offensively, he's working so hard on offense right now. Running, they're, they're running at him. When they have the ball, they're attacking him in the pick and roll. And then when he has the ball, he's running the pick and roll. So he's expending a ton of energy. So mm-hmm. I, not to make excuses, but, you know, it's hard to maintain that level when you're almost 
Jones carrying the offense. And then Clay, I made the point earlier, it's a great point that the caller from uh, from Boston made. Um, I think Clay, you know, we've seen him be inconsistent game to game. I think tonight we saw a little bit quarter to quarter, and I think that's just where he is tonight. Uh, had that really hot second quarter, but fourth quarter, it just, just wasn't there. As you said, 0 for 3. JB in San Jose on Warriors wrap-up with JD and Whitey Gleason. What's up, JB? Uh, thank you guys for taking my call. It was a really good game. The Warriors had a shot at coming back, like you said. Curry, those turnovers in the fourth just killed the Warriors. I think at this point the Warriors have to go all in. They have to get more. Um, um, it just, it's basically, this series is just, you know, it's, it comes down to um, it's a shootout. And Boston is winning the shootout. That's basically what it comes down to. So the defense and putting Draymond Green in is just going to slow down the offense. I think you need to put Otto Porter Jr. in. You need to put some shooters in and go all in at this point because it's just a shootout, and Boston is winning it. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, three turnovers in the, in the fourth quarter. And, and look, I think it's it's telling in the game, Whitey. You look at the, the some of the themes from the two games that the Celtics have won in, in this series – they got points from Jalen Brown. Ten, uh, they got points from Jalen Brown. They got points from Marcus Smart tonight. Marcus Smart's played well offensively in two of the three games. The Celtics have won both of those games. Twenty-four points for, for Marcus Smart. You alluded to him really attacking. You know Grant Williams, ten points tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, he really hurt the Warriors on the offensive glass. Three offensive rebounds. Uh, three of the fifteen offensive rebounds for the for the Celtics in this one, uh, but yeah, Cle- uh, Steph with the three fourth quarter turnovers in addition to the the one for four shooting, it, it was a rough fourth for him. Yeah, Grant Williams, I thought he might be kind of an X factor in this series. Maybe he still will be. And this is really the first time we've seen him had have much of an impact. And he had a nice game tonight. I would respectfully disagree with JB in this sense. Um, as far as a shootout, you know, the Warriors were 15 of 40 beyond the arc and Boston was 13 of 35. So that wasn't where the Warriors had problems. They made a, you know, they're capable of shooting the ball better than that. Um, but they shot, they, they made a decent percentage from threes. I thought it was a defensively and, and as far as rebounding, that's really where they struggled tonight. Sophomore in Pacifica. What's up, sophomore? You're on Warriors wrap up. Hey, you guys, uh, a sad game, uh, still good to watch. You got to be with the lows in order to enjoy the highs, right? Um, but a couple of callers, and one in particular, talked about the players needing to conserve their emotional energy and really focus on the game. And I, I just thought that was a kind of a sophisticated version of the shut up and play kind of argument, you know. And I just agree with Steve Kerr. In the social media era, you know, this is part of what players do. And and if he's cool with it, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it anyway. But if he's cool with it, I'm cool with it. So, you know, I, I think you, you guys supported what the callers said. And I, I think we should all be aware of not putting the players in a box, try to make them one-dimensional and just play for the money we pay them. You know, that's, that's an old model that I, I don't think really works. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, sophomore. And and I, I'll say this: it's it's not it's not necessarily that I agree because I'm I'm okay with it as well. The point that I was trying to make, Whitey, and I, I think you were as well, is there are going to be people that are not going to like it. Like that's that everybody's going to have their view on it. Like I can be fine with it. You can be fine with it. Steve Kerr can be fine with it. But 
I guarantee you there are a large portion of the Warriors fans that that are looking for something, looking for a reason. You know, want this team to win so badly, and 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 it, it's just the optics of it. I think at times rubs some people the wrong way. Again, not me, not you, not our guy sophomore in Pacifica, and and I'm I'm more aligned with Steve Kerr. I think Draymond Green's also a unique. He's just unique in, in his intelligence level and his entertainment level. I mean, I we, there's never been a, a somebody like Draymond Green with his ability to play the way that he does, and also his ability to analyze and, and talk about the game. I mean, he's he's just a unique dude in, in that way. And people want to hear what he has to say, whether you whether you love the guy or you hate the guy, right? You, you want to mm-hmm. hear what he has to say. He's entertainment. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, he's entertaining, and and so, uh, but but the point, the bigger point, Whitey, not to not to go on and on about it is people are going to feel bad about that when you don't win They're, and that's and that's also fair it's, it may not be right but it's also fair i don't think that draymond's poor play has anything to do with his podcast i'm with you i don't mind him doing a podcast and i don't think his teammates mind and i don't think his coach minds but you're right fans are looking for something to explain the fact this is a fact we've had three games in the nba finals draymond green is mr oh he does everything you need in in, in the biggest games we've played three games in these finals in two of these games jd and I, this is a he's been terrible He's been in two of the three games. He's been bad. The first game was worse than tonight. For some reason, I don't. People didn't notice. But tonight, he, tonight it was like, "Where's Draymond? Is he there?" He's having a real hard time with this matchup. So people are looking for how do you explain that? What happened? Maybe it's physical. Maybe you know Boston just younger and faster. Maybe he's got back issues. I just don't think it's the podcast. But I can understand why people are looking for something to explain the fact that in two of the three games in the series, Draymond Green has been. Bad. Uh, Filmo Mike. Filmo Mike on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Filmo? Hey, hey, hey. What's up, J.D.? What's up, Whitey? Hey. Um, uh, Yeah, man. I was thinking we would have got this win tonight. Honestly, that's what I was going into the series. I said, okay, if we're going to get a game, we're going to get game three. Look like we got to get game four. But as as most of the other callers are saying, them slow starts is really, really killing us. If we could at least, like at this point, if we could just be even or like be up two, I'll be happy. But I would love to reverse the, the fortune of us being up 11-12 in the first quarter and them being down and seeing them fight back and respond. And we haven't done that to them yet. We got up, you know, in the second and third quarter. But let's get up in the first quarter and see if we can push it to 20. You know what I mean? Um, the defense, the defense can get better uh, as far as uh, not allowing them to drive. I think when Otto Porter was in the game, he seemed like he's hobbled a little bit, so he he wasn't able to stay in front. I think the Celtics knew that it just wasn't Curry. It was they was driving on Otto Porter. I think they drove on even Wiggins once or twice and on uh, Clay Thompson. But man, if we could if we could shore up them first quarters and reverse the the trend and also do great in the third quarter, we could be up. I mean, we can, but you know, the game has a life of its own, man. You guys have a continue to have a great show. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks Mike. Uh, I'm looking at the slow starts, and the Warriors have gotten off to slow starts, even even though tonight was the first game where they didn't have the lead yeah. at the end of the first quarter of the three in this series. They did lead in game two after the Celtics got off to, uh, I think it was a nine-point lead early, and the Warriors led 31-30, and then, you know, third quarter they've dominated in in each of of the the games in this series you go back to to game one 38 24 game two 35 14 so the warriors what plus 14 and plus and plus 21 so plus 35 and then a plus eight tonight so they're plus 43 in three games of in the third quarter but tonight was the first night where yeah they they were they were down big, uh, 33-22. It actually felt, I thought at that point, Whitey, like it, it could be, could maybe even be a little bit worse than 33-22, uh, but the Warriors were able to, to hang in from there. Quick thought uh, on that, Whitey, and then we'll, we'll pause here. We'll come back. We'll reset the phones. We'll hear some sound from downstairs in the press conference room uh, here at TD Garden. I, I just think the th- slow start tonight was especially discouraging because this was such a pivotal game, and it's all right. Who's going who's gonna to show, uh, you know, as I said earlier, who's going to impose their will and get off to the good start and show the other team that, all right, we're taking over from here, and the Warriors we're on their heels from the get-go tonight. Quick note from Tim Kawakami of The Athletic as well as uh, he's downstairs in the, in the press conference. He said Curry walked with a limp to and from his post-game presser. No boot, but, and I'm quoting Tim, uh, definitely favoring his right foot. He said he won't miss game four. It's an issue for sure, though, uh, in, in the eyes of, of Tim, who was down there and, and watching uh, watching the movements uh, of Stephen Curry. So 60 minutes right there of commercial-free Woo-hoo. reaction. Uh, 888-957-9570. We'll come back. If you're on hold, uh, and we do have full phone lines right now, uh, we're getting to you. Coming back. Kashmir, Wando, Festo, Soy Sauce, and Luke. All coming up here, hour number two of our expanded three-hour postgame. It's Warriors wrap-up, J.D. in Boston, Whitey Gleason, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thompson drives back up top. Bealista pump fake four on the clock over to Thompson fades left pump fake fires away. It's up and good. Thompson with a three. The Warriors worked so hard to get that shot. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Celtics have the 2-1 series advantage as they win tonight uh, by a final of 116 to 100, outscoring the Warriors 23 to 11 in the fourth quarter. And while the Warriors have dominated the third quarter, the Celtics, and we can throw game two out because the fourth quarter was, was basically irrelevant, although the Celtics did win the fourth quarter in, in, uh, in chase on Sunday, uh, even though they were getting blown out. Uh, and again, no impact on the game. But 40-16 to 16 Celtics in the fourth of game one, now 23-11 in the fourth of game three. So the two games the Warriors have lost, I mean, that, that is an ugly 63-27 in the two fourth quarters of the games that the Warriors have lost. So we can you know, give the Warriors their flowers for the dominance in the third quarter, but the fourth quarters have been ugly in, in games where the Warriors have dominated the third. Well, you know, we talk so much about adjustments in these series. What adjustments are necessary? What adjustments did they make? Here's one that was crucial for Boston. We know, and I think Phil Mo mentioned it, callers mentioned it. We've talked about it. Boston loves to attack the rim in the half court. Draw and kick. They attack the rim. Game two, that Sunday night game in San Francisco, Boston attempted only six shots right at the rim all night. I think that had to do with the fact that so many times they got in the paint and they turned the ball over. But only six attempts for the night. Tonight they had 14 of those attempts by halftime. So that was one of the keys. But, J.D., come on. We're burying the lead here. You were there. You know it. The whole key to this thing was the fact that Boston uh, had raised the Warriors' basket too high during their warm-ups, and they had to – they had 
to delay their warm-up to lower the basket to the proper level. Even Andrew Bogut on Twitter said, shenanigans! Yeah, I think it was definitely some shenanigans. I don't think it was shenanigans, and yeah, that was quite the scene as Ime Udoka was set to begin his press conference and the Warriors are out there shooting and and something was off and they came and they measured it and yeah it, <laughs> it, it, it was off and so they, they lowered it and the Warriors were able to proceed. I mean that was the early shooting so like yeah. Steph and Clay and Draymond weren't even on the floor yet at that point. Jordan Poole was out there. I know Jama, the uh, assistant coach who's out there a lot working with players before the game. I think he was the one that, that was like, wait a minute, something's off here. Let's let's measure it. I know Jordan Poole's asked for a, a measurement before uh, and, and thought something was off at a game in Denver earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently Jordan Poole has a knack for, for noticing the, those kinds of things uh, as well when maybe a shot is a little bit off. I do think some shenanigans there, but I think it was more shenanigans maybe in the warm-up. That, you know, mm. to mess with the warm-up than, than hey, this is going to go uncaught and, and be a factor in the game for, for the first half. Uh, that, that would be pretty incredible. Uh, although Boston does have a history of mm. shenanigans over hey. the years, whether it was you know, cl- clock issues <laughs> over at, the old, at the old garden. Dead spots uh, in the floor. Maybe, Dead spots in the floor on the on the on the old parquet. Uh, so yeah, I I mean there is a long-standing history of of shenanigans and maybe even some football shenanigans. Uh, what? Right? Whoa! Uh, Whoa! Yeah! Yeah! Uh, Bill Belichick in the house tonight. Uh, really? <laughs> at the at the TD Garden. So let's get back to the phones. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Cashmere in Walnut Creek gets us started. What's up, Cashmere? Hey guys, can you hear me? Yep. Hey guys, uh, loud and clear. Taking my call. You guys can hear me. We got you, Cashmere. Go for it. Okay. Hey, uh, my call is on Draymond. Um, You know the the people that the fans that played football. Those are the I think the fans have a problem with Draymond because if Draymond played football, he would cost you fifteen yards acting like that. And a lot of the guys on his own team would go and grab him and kick his butt on the sidelines because you see that happen all the time. And, like, tonight, you're watching it, and, and you think about the younger guys that are watching that. And then they start – because they start in and, like, start getting all mouthy and stuff. Or it just kills the mood for me, and especially watching it. I'm like, just shut up and play. That's, you're getting paid $24 million, and you're only scoring two points a game. I, I, I'm starting to feel the Warriors should have got rid of Draymond and kept KD. That's, hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, that wasn't that option wasn't on the table. <laughs> that, I think they would have done that. I think they would have made yeah, that choice. <laughs> that that option was, was not on the table, Kashmir. But, no, look, again, I, I don't have a problem with it. We don't need to belabor the point again. But, but I do understand – and I agree. We had with the caller, sophomore. Like, it, it, I'm not saying it's the right mentality, but people do get frustrated with seemingly other, you know, other things that are maybe taking priority when when somebody doesn't play well and you don't win. You win, and it's all gravy. Warriors. If we're talking about them winning a championship here in the next week or week and a half, you know, and it's going to be Draymond busting everybody out right at that point on, on the podcast and I think people are going to laugh and, and eat it up at that point uh, along the same line so 888-957-9570 uh, let's get back to the phones here 
uh, as we do have one line open now as Cashmere drops off the line. Uh, let's keep it rolling here on 95-7, the game. Oh, also, actually, before we do that, uh, I know, Whitey, we were talking about this a little bit during the break, and, and I read the tweet from Tim Kawakami downstairs as Curry was, was going through his press conference to and from the right foot. Uh, Steph hurt his left foot in March. So if this is the right foot, it's obviously the other foot. But but my read on Steph's quote wasn't that it was necessarily the same foot, but that, that in essence, the right foot tonight felt like the left foot did back in March when he sustained that injury. So maybe not a re-aggravation of the injury, uh, but, but just a, a similar feeling injury on hmm. the other foot. Okay, yeah, that an important point. I know that uh, I think it was Kevin Arnovitz, ESPN.com, wrote that Al Horford landed on Curry's left leg while diving for the ball. So we'll have to get clarification uh, on that, an important point uh, going forward. And, and Curry's injury, yes, yeah, I looked, it was, as most people know, he had a sprained ligament and a bone bruise. So that was the injury he sustained against the Celtics on, uh, back in March. All right, Wando in San Francisco is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Wando. Hey, hey guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And, J.D., uh, props to you being staying up late over there and doing this with uh, all his fans. I uh, wanted to address what the last caller just said. Uh, I think he's right about the energy that Draymond brings uh, as a detriment only to Jordan Poole. I think that you know the rest of the guys feed off the energy, feed off the fire, and – go in the right direction and I totally agree all season I've been seeing this uh I've been frustrated as Jordan Poole kind of expresses his frustration in a way that's not uh sort of earned in the way that Draymond has and then the other thing the, re- the reason I called is because I wanted to echo again what one of you mentioned about how tired Curry was there was a there was a defensive play where it was just obvious toward the end of the third quarter before Steve pulled him and I know there's a lot of discussion around should they have should they have pulled him at the end of the third or you know, let him um, rest at the beginning of the fourth. And I think at the end of the third, Peyton Pritchard beat him off of a uh, – Pritchard caught the ball in the corner and took him off the dribble, basically, in a way that we just don't see. Sure, Pritchard was fresher and everything, but Curry's been really solid staying in front of people, and that was, like, obvious he was winded right there. Um, mm-hmm. Just wanted to throw that out there. And thanks, guys. Good point. Yep, thanks for the call, Wanda. I'll let you react to that, Whitey, and then and then we're going to clear up this this foot thing once and for all here because okay. I went back and had a look at it, and then we, we've also got a little bit of an update there. But go ahead, Whitey, good. I'll let you react to Wando here. Yeah, a good point by Wando on uh, Steph and how you know he was just spent. And I know we don't like to hear that, but, yeah, as much as his hard as he worked, they work him on defense and then on offense. He's working as hard as ever, running all these pick and rolls and doing a good job. But, yeah, he that's why I think he needed to rest. As far as Draymond goes, look, it doesn't give me great pleasure to say this, J.D. In my opinion, that's one of the things that was impressive about the Celtics because we know that Draymond, for better or worse, no matter what you think of his antics or whatever you want to call them, he got in their heads a little bit, which is what he was trying to do. Boston lost their composure in the last game. We know that because after the game, you had Jalen Brown complaining about him. So he was way in their heads. Lisa Salter's reporting during the last game. The Celtics are on the sidelines talking about what do we do about Draymond. So after that terrible loss for them to come out tonight, night put that aside and just from the jump play art Jalen Brown had a great game I mean that Boston really responded in an admirable manner to all that I thought tonight 
Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a definite. It was a great response. It was, and and I think it it checked a question. One of the big questions coming into the game was, how would they handle it? Would mm-hmm. would it continue? And and they didn't let it. And I think to your point, you're right. And I think Jalen Brown set the proper tone for that. Went okay. Went back here while we were talking and and found a clip of the injury, and it was the le- it was the left foot. Also, uh, we were referring to the Tim Kawakami tweet. Tim has just, within the last minute or two, also corrected okay. himself, and he says, no, it was the left foot. So left foot injury feels the same, according to Steph, similar to the the injury that he sustained against the Celtics March the 16th. Uh, and I know, Whitey, you had the, the note on that. So it's it's the left foot, same foot. And uh, so we'll we'll see. The Warriors said, and Steve Kerr said that they'll know more tomorrow as far as the extent of of what's going on there. But we heard from Curry and, and read the quote. We'll we'll play it again here at some point. Uh, he's he's planning on playing at this point. It's the finals. Yeah, he was in a, as you know, JD. Anybody who saw it knows is in a great deal of pain, and his teammates were around him, and they knew he was in a great deal of pain. So, fingers crossed on that, because uh, you don't need me to tell you that that could certainly change the complexion of this series. Hopefully, all the news we get will be good tomorrow. All right, uh, Festo in Oakland next on Warriors wrap up. What's going on, Festo? Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Hey, Festo. Hey, how you guys doing, J.D. and Whitey? Thanks for taking the call tonight. Um, I watched the game. Great game. Great game. Um, I feel like this is like Ali Frazier, you know, with maybe a little older Ali and maybe a, maybe a younger Frazier. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, my points for tonight were, um, you know, the disparity on the offensive glass. I felt like that was huge. Um I looked at the stat sheet and I was like, oh man, you know, I think we only had, we had single digit offensive rebounds all night, which is not that bad, but, but the Celtics were in double digits. Jalen Brown, a great game in the first quarter, I think 17 points in the first quarter. They were going at Steph. I felt like they were forcing the action toward him, especially once he got north of three fouls. I thought that third foul on him was very questionable. The one where they, you know, I felt like Derek White flopped on the on mm-hmm. that call. Now, first of all, they called it on Wiggins. Then I realized, oh, Steph got three at the half. So I knew that would kind of, you know, I, I, that would force the Celtics to go at him a little more to try to get him that fourth to get him out of there. The least I'm worried about is his conditioning. Um, I think we don't have to worry about that. Great to see Clay hit some shots, at least through the first three quarters. I know he kind of went cold there in the in the fourth. Um but uh, I'm not, you know, I want to end this on a positive note and say, you know, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like we're okay. Um, Boston rolled their home momentum. I, I, I think we're looking good going into game four. I think we correct a lot of those mistakes. I don't see Draymond having two points again and one for four, or 0 for two from three or whatever he was. So um, I like our chances going forward. Um, thanks. Thanks, you guys, for having me, and I appreciate you taking the call. Have a great night. Yeah, thanks for the call, Festo. Good good stuff. Uh, Festo in Oakland checking in. 888-957-9570. A couple of phone lines open here on Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason as we're keeping this thing rolling. we we going all the way till midnight tonight. Uh, your calls make this show go, and, and we want to hear from the fans as the Warriors drop game three of the finals, 116 to, to 110. I, I do think the Warriors' ability to come back – at times in this game, although they did have some errors that allowed the Celtics to to regain the lead after they had lost it, uh, 
and the Warriors unable to, to really expand the lead, and they got beat pretty good in that fourth quarter. I do think they they found some things in certain stretches of the game that if they do more consistently in Game 4, they'd feel pretty good about their chances to walk out of this building 2-2 two to two and, and back to chase, and, and then they've got the advantage again uh, going into the Game mm-hmm. 5. You could make the case that Boston needed this game tonight more than the Warriors did, but that's you know, maybe that's a stretch. The thing is, yeah, Boston needed this one tonight, and the Warriors, if they win, they're they're in great shape. The thing going forward, JD, don't you feel like as you you, you know you go over the box score and remember the game? Didn't it feel like someone almost was missing for the Warriors? Maybe it was Draymond. You know, Clay at times was excellent. Uh, and Steph had a great game, but it, and maybe it was Poole was you know Poole was okay at ten points. It just seemed like, and maybe it's because the Warriors are not running as much offense as they usually run. They're running so many high pick and rolls, and I don't even know if that makes sense. But just watching the game, and, and it just felt like offensively, there's some element of the Warriors offensively that's not what it should be, or wasn't what it should be tonight. Well, let's just run through it. I mean, Wiggins didn't shoot the three ball well. I think your point on the, you know, Draymond was awful. Clay was, I thought, pretty good. But then you look at his overall numbers, and it was five of thirteen from three, and mm-hmm. it was and it was seven to seventeen overall. So maybe it wasn't as good as it it felt like from from being here. Uh, Steph, terrific. And I didn't think Jordan Poole played well at all. I I, I thought Jordan Poole was a was his ten points were were. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a non-factor, and and again, one of four from three. Yeah, yeah. So you look at Steph and Clay do their thing. Well, who's the third guy? And typically, it has to be a third guy with the three-point shot. And Wiggins and Poole were two for ten combined from three. You know, Poole continues to get picked on. I, I mm-hmm. think in terms of, of of the Celtics going after him, and he has not in this series done enough offensively to to offset that. At, you know, point blank. So yeah, I think you know Wiggins kind of kind of fifty fifty. I thought Steph and Clay played well. Draymond and Poole played poorly, especially Draymond. And and you go from there. And I think uh, to Festo's point. Clearly, Boston aware that Steph was in foul trouble. They're going after him. But I don't think that was the only reason they were going after him. And I think there's a number of times you saw Smart shoot over him and go backdoor on him. And you saw Tatum shoot over him. Uh, how in the world, you know, Steph ended up guarding Tatum as much as he did. That's something the Warriors, I think, have to look at. But that I don't think they were just attacking Steph because, hey, he's got uh, three fouls. Let's go at him. They, they, they like some of those matchups. And they like the size advantage they have on some of their, their guys being guarded by Steph. Soy sauce, butter and rice in Oakland. Woo! What's going on? Nothing much. I know it's a mouthful, but you know if you're uh, if you're hungry, it's, it's good enough to uh, put together. But uh, looking at, uh, look, I mean, you guys just hit on it too. Uh, mentioning they're not running their offense. I mean, they're a more effective team. When Draymond's at the top of the point running everything, whenever they have Steph or anybody else bring the ball up and Draymond's sitting there just standing around, it gets stymied by the defense. They're not as strong man for man when you when you put them up against that Boston defense, and Boston has really flipped the script on them. They've had to close out on Tatum, and he's all he's doing is kicking the ball out, and they're chasing down these shooters. Mm-hmm. So what you look at is they've been out-assisted 61-47 to 47 in their two losses. 
all throughout the playoffs, what's been the number one thing you can look at outside of rebounding that the Warriors have done well is they've out-assisted every team. And right now, they're they're not running their offense. They're not getting any movement. So whenever somebody gets the ball, they're going into a shot. And uh, they're, they're basically getting outplayed with Boston playing their own offense. I think it's a great point. And they're not running their offense because their offense hasn't been able to function like it typically does. And the Warriors have found ways to to put points up in in other forms but it's not the prototypical basketball that they're used to playing and and having the the most success with I also the other point is the Celtics have looked in two of these games pretty good offensively like that that to me is still the biggest concern for the Warriors I think they're getting enough offense overall even though it hasn't quite looked the way that, that, that we're all used to, to seeing it look. But I think that if the defense is on point and they're holding the Celtics down to a certain level, it they can still win the series. But the Celtics have looked very comfortable offensively. And this is a team that's prone to long droughts and, and throwing the ball away and, and doing things that really can make it problematic for them to win. They haven't done it in consecutive games often because they haven't lost two in a row at any point in the playoffs. But the Warriors are, are going to have to be more stout defensively, I think, to win this series over these next four games. No question. And we know defensive rebounding is a big part of defense. And Boston got too many offensive rebounds tonight. I thought that was a really good and interesting call from Soy Sauce, Butter, and Rice, which – I'm tempted just to try that. I mean, the more I think about it here, that sounds really good. But I think, J.D., if we were to look at just the assist numbers, and I have a feeling some people may do this. If you look at the assist numbers and say, what's wrong with the Warriors? They don't have enough assists. They're not running their offense. What's wrong with them? Why aren't they? I, I think, hmm, I think that's a little misleading. The Warriors don't have as many assists because they like Steph Curry in the pick and roll against Williams and against Horford, and they've had a lot of success with that. You go back to the last game. You know, they've made 15 threes and they shot 45% and they won 107-88. Tonight it didn't look as good because it fell apart late and, and, and Boston played really well on the other end. But I think the reason the Warriors are not running their offense is, yeah, you know, Boston puts a lot of pressure on the ball. But the Warriors like what Steph can do uh, against their bigs in the pick and roll. So when you're doing that, when you're, you know, that's why there's more Steph dribbling. Especially Horford. Especially yeah, Horford. Yeah, So and, the and Warriors kind of like, they, yeah. They, yeah. The Warriors are no, okay ahead. with they that. They took advantage yeah. of Horford. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, kind of by design, really. All right. Yeah, no, good good stuff. And apologize for, for cutting you there. Luke Luke and Half Moon Bay, uh, you're you're up next here, and then we'll pause. What's going on, Luke? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, I just wanted to talk about the fact that we've been starting off really slow. Uh, it seems like in a lot of games, these playoffs. And to me, I think that it's time to swap – uh, Looney for Poole in the starting lineup just to get some more shot makers and shot creators in the lineup uh, that can put up good shots. And I think there's more threats on the floor because Marcus Smart's been making tons of shots. And I think it's going to be a very uh, a good thing for us moving forward to be able to just have more shot makers on the floor versus what we've had on the floor with Looney. I know, we, I know it's a physicality kind of type of series, but I think that we need to have more guys out on the floor that can make shots, and Steve Kerr can make the adjustments. At least coming out of the gate, we can have Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, and then he can make the adjustments from there on out. 
Thanks, Luke. I think Steve Kerr would love to have that as an option, and I think he would love to go to it, Whitey. But I think he also knows that it, it might might not be successful, and that's why he probably won't do it at the same time because then it leaves the Warriors woefully small, and I think they're still going to be porous on the defensive side. So, yeah, maybe you're scoring more, although Jordan Poole hasn't played well enough in this series to where if I'm Steve Kerr, I'd have the confidence that making that move would work. I'm with you, and I know he had the flurry, and he made a couple late threes. At, uh, what was that third quarter last game? And there was a lot of talk of how he's back, he's back, and I don't know that he is. This is a tough matchup for him, and the way they got hammered on the backboards tonight, you need Looney, I think, more than ever. So, and again, JD, and, and I know we talked about this. People look at the offense, and I understand it. It's like, oh, the worst. They need more shot makers. They need more offense. I don't think that's really their problem in this series. If they can't stop Boston, even in the last game, which the Warriors ended up winning, first quarter, Van Gundy said the Warriors have no answer for Boston in the half half court or in transition they can't stop them too often that's been the case it was certainly the case tonight so the Warriors they really need to get more traction defensively to win this series and let's face it Jordan Poole ain't going to help you in that department all right he's Whitey Gleason I'm John Dickinson 888-957-9570 we'll pause here Ted D Wally you're coming up next we still are going to hear some post-game press conferences as well we'll get to the text line A lot to get to still. We're halfway through as I am in Boston. Whitey Gleason uh, back in the Bay. Warriors drop game three, 116 to 100. You're here right here on 95.7 The Game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'll be all right. I got caught underneath the Obviously, uh, be some pain, but I'll be all right. Figure out how it feels tomorrow and get ready for uh, for Friday. Uh, same thing I did in Denver or uh, against Boston in the regular season, but I'll be uh, not not as bad. Now back to Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. There you go from the man himself, Steph Curry. Same thing, same foot. March the 16th, when Curry wound up out for the remainder of the regular season. But not as bad, Whitey. So I think mm. that uh, has to give Warriors fans some hope. But but a similar feeling. And look, it's I've said it 
time and time again, and I'll say it one more time, it's the NBA Finals. I mean, Steph Curry with the potential fourth championship and, and first Finals MVP on the line, he ain't missing Friday night uh, and, and beyond be, you know, because of something that just you – now maybe in the regular season, sure, but this is the Finals. Yeah, same thing, same foot, same team. Although Steph had a hard time remembering that it was the same team. It was interesting. I, I know you mentioned it earlier, and we'll probably hear it at some point. Uh, Coach Kerr did not appreciate someone asking him, did Steph come out of the game because he was hurt? He, he did not appreciate that question. Before we move on, J.D., there was one play tonight, early third quarter, that to me, if I were Coach Kerr, and I'm not, but if I were, it'd be the one play tonight where I'd say, you know what, that's inexcusable. Do you remember what that was? You know, there's lots of things that happened. And there was one play, though, that I oh. would say, hey, we can't. No. That, well, there was that, the – there. The, I'm going to guess the Draymond turnover, yes. and then nobody got back, yes. and Jalen Brown got the dunk, right? He got behind the defense and got the dunk, and Kerr immediately called a timeout. Nobody got back, and then the ball's off Draymond. No one got back, and then Horford did his, you know, Tom Brady. Touchdown to Jalen Brown for the jam. That really was, and as you say, NBA Finals, that was inexcusable. No question. 888-957-9570. We'll get back to the phone lines. Quick note, and, and we've had this at the top of the show, but a couple of notes on the significance of Game 3 and also the significance why do you have a 2-1 series lead. Teams that win Game 3 in a 1-1 NBA Finals, so the Celtics tonight have gone on to win 82.1% of the time, 32-7 and in 39 previous uh, times that that it's happened and teams that lead two to one overall so you add in teams that that led two to two to nothing and then mm-hmm. lost game three two one lead overall teams are are 49 and 12 with a two one lead overall so 80.3 percent of the time so so an 80 82 percent chance history would say again this series very different than 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 some in history but yeah the celtics uh, are in that position now that we've seen the Warriors in a lot. And just uh, the Warriors also split in their their finals uh, in terms of 2-1 of to one either way. The Warriors have been down 2-1 to one twice in the NBA Finals. They lost to Toronto when they were down 2-1 to one in 2019. They were down 2-1 to one in 2015 to the Cavs, and then they won the next three and, and wound up winning that series in, in six. Yeah, it's not as discouraging to me as it necessarily appears. The reason teams that have led series 2-1 to one typically win series is because if you're the better team, you typically lead your series 2-1 no matter how you get there. So the bottom line is it's it's not a matter of, oh, no, they lost game three. What are they going to do? Are the Warriors a better team than the Celtics? I, you know, I, I, tonight they weren't, and Boston, I think, has done a really good job. I, I had the Warriors. I picked the Warriors before the series started. Boston's been more impressive in a lot of ways than I thought they'd be if the Warriors are still the better team they're still going to win this series let's get back to the phones 888-957-9570 chris in san francisco on warriors wrap up hey chris hey how you guys doing tonight good 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 yeah uh tough loss in in general perspective just because like you know you think about being down 18 and coming back to take a lead you know you felt like you know that was the turn, right, of, like, you know, for, like we have our third quarter, we're going to close the game out, take control of the series. But that didn't happen, you know, and I give Boston's credit where it came from. Like, Market Smart hit some big threes down the stretch. But I just felt like in the fourth quarter, especially game one, game three, I just felt like the offense was too stagnant. Not enough ball movement, especially when the defense got tight. 
and we just need some guys to step up. I think, you know, I have a feeling that Wiggins has a strong game in him in game four. I like just like we saw like in the Mass series, had that dominant uh, game that we saw that he posted that uh that dunk on Luca, for example. I felt like I feel like that's gonna happen on Friday and if it does, you know, uh we get the two two split, but uh game four is uh, is it for us. Thanks for the call. Yeah, the belief is that, that the Warriors have more offensive options that can shine through if this series goes on. Tonight, though, it wasn't the case. It was Steph and Clay really on the Warrior side. You look at the Celtics. You know, Tatum didn't shoot it well, but but he hit a lot of a lot of big shots. He was the the focal point. Nine assists for Tatum. It was much more a game one like performance from from Tatum, and even better in the in the scoring department. But the the Celtics got points and efficient points from Al Horford. 11, Rob uh, Rob Williams, the third, eight, uh, Grant Williams, 10, and Marcus Smart is the big one, uh, 24 points. The Celtics have had more scoring and more efficient scoring in two of these three games, which is why they have the lead that they do. Interesting thing to me about Tatum, I know that Van Gundy made the point tonight, and more importantly, his own coach made this point. He missed uh, actually some shots at the rim tonight. His shooting numbers would have looked better. But uh, Ime Odoka said that Jason Tatum was not um, – when he when he struggles sometimes, it's because he's hunting for fouls. He'll get into the lane, and he's trying to draw a foul instead of make a shot. And tonight he was more aggressive. Once he got in there, he was just trying to go up and make a shot and not worrying about drawing the fouls. On the Warriors, you know, offensively, let's face it, J.D., Wiggins not shooting the ball especially well right now. you got Draymond and Looney on the floor at the same time. So, you know, boss is like, we'll give Wiggins a three. We don't have to guard Green and Looney. And so they are in some ways simple to guard, but then – and if you're Steve Kerr, how do you respond to that? I know we've talked about this. Well, normally in you know, recently uh, history, you'd bring in Poole, and you can't really do that right now. So the Warriors need guys to play better. Remember after game one, we went down the list, and how many Warriors played well? Not that many, whereas Boston has more guys playing well. Warriors need – Draymond Green has to be consistently good. Clay made some, some, some strides tonight. But the Warriors just need guys to rise to the occasion and play better basketball here uh, or, or else they're in real trouble ted and hayward next on warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game with jd in boston and whitey gleason ted uh, what's on your mind tonight i just wanted to talk about uh like the draymond and like the lack of just this it doesn't seem like they have a sense of urgency in the first quarters and there was no energy from draymond again i'm just i'm just i, I just don't understand it i just really don't Thanks for the call, Ted. Uh, I'll share a conversation, Whitey, that that I was having via text with with our very own Daryl, the Guru Johnson, mm-hmm. Love Goo, and and he was kind of making the point that that Ted was making to me, uh, pretty animated in an animated way over the fact that that Draymond was a no show, and and Guru said Draymond was a no show. Why? And I kind of hit him back with, well. I don't think he was trying to be a no-show. He just wasn't good. And sometimes, my response to to Guru, sometimes it ain't up. It ain't up to him. Like like the it, sometimes the other team is just a bad matchup for you. And so, like I don't think Draymond's going out there trying to trying to not be effective or stink. I just think that the Celtics, in a certain way, in two of these three games, have kind of had his number a little bit. Yeah, you and I, JD, we both have seen our share of bad basketball teams over the years. One thing I've noticed about <laughs> bad basketball teams: there are times when it looks like 
like, oh, they're flat. They don't care. And when the other team is stronger and faster and bigger than you, you look like you you are not trying. And it, that's not the case. I think that's what happened with Draymond tonight. I think Jalen Brown destroyed him. I said before yeah. the last game that I thought that was a bad matchup, and Draymond did it, held his own. Tonight, it was a really tough matchup for him, and I think that's why it looked like he's not trying. He's not having an impact, no energy, because he got his tail kicked tonight by Jalen Brown. Yeah, and I think Jalen Brown, uh, there was a, clearly an adjustment made on the Celtics side of, hey, you, you kind of got off in the first quarter against Draymond in the game on Sunday at Chase. But I think there was more of a an onus put to Jalen Brown, like, "Hey, if you need to win, you need to dominate this mm-hmm. matchup. You should dominate this mm-hmm. matchup. Why didn't you dominate this matchup?" Going back to the game on Sunday, where he struggled after getting off to the hot start, and I think he was a lot more patient, and the Celtics were a lot more patient in in kind of attacking Draymond with a matchup that I think they probably view in in their analysis of everything is one that that he should win. Yeah, and I don't know if Goo takes his rats home when he goes home, but if he has any rats left there, <laughs> we need to put one on the table. And I don't, I don't think Draymond doesn't care or isn't trying, but I just think he's struggling here. And again, the rat on the table is that in two of the three games in this series, Draymond Green has played very poorly, and the Warriors are not going to win this series if Draymond's playing badly every other game. It goes back to what... Joe Lacob said, and we talked about this after game one, this team is going to go as far as Steph, Clay, and Draymond. He threw mm-hmm. Wiggins in there. I'd maybe even add Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. But 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 the, the point is really those three as the three superstars with all the championship pedigree and experience, this team's going as far as, as those three take them. And yep. to this point, Steph's done his part, uh, although two poor fourth quarters in the three games. Clay. Uh, has not been good. Best game tonight. And like you said, Draymond, two out of the three ha- just haven't been enough. So uh, it, it's very simple. And Jordan Poole, I don't think, has, has really been good uh, in, in any of the games except for that second half in the game on in game two. Would it translate to tonight? That was the big question. I thought he had as unimpactful a 10 points tonight as, as, as 10 points could be. To be perfectly honest, and getting attacked on the other end, and he looks at this point, and there's still time for him to change it. He looks at this point like he's intimidated by the Celtics' defense and physicality. To me, the one highlight for him tonight, of course, was when he and my wife was yelling, you know, pass the ball, pass the ball, and he dribbles, dribbles, <laughs> dribbles <laughs> underneath, uh, underneath against Robert Williams the third, and just took him to school. You know, it was like, oh, that was a little embarrassing. But other than that, yeah, I'm with you. I just think this is a really tough matchup for him. I don't know what the adjustment is. I know the coaches are looking at how to get him going. I know Kenny Smith on uh, the NBA TV post game. he said there was one play where Poole threw it, to, threw it to Clay, and he said, you know, I want to see him be more aggressive. I don't know if being more aggressive offensively is the answer. I'm not sure what the answer is, uh, but I, th- I think you're right. At this point, Boston really likes that matchup, and it's on Jordan Poole and the Warriors to turn the table on that. I'm just not sure how they do. D in San Jose next. We've got full phone lines. The, the people yeah. keep coming and we want to talk to them. D on 95.7 The Game. Hey, D. How you doing, guys? Good. Uh, yes, I, man, I was just, I was at work and I was just really going back and forth looking at the game, looking at the game. But uh, I noticed that when, when Clay Thompson is hot, Steve Kirk does one thing. When, it's, when his guys are hot, he pulls them out the game. Once you pull them off the game and they're sitting on the bench, man, they trying to they get back in the game and they're trying to get hot again. But now they're off. 
Steve Kerr got to stop taking these guys out when they're hot. If you look at Boston, you know what I mean, uh, uh, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum plays the whole game. They're, 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 they're keeping their foot on the gas. They're not taking these guys out, putting them on the bench. You know what I mean? Draymond Green, another thing. Draymond gets the ball. Stop bringing it up the court. He needs to go ahead and give that ball to a point guard. Every time he brings the ball up the court, turnover. Next thing you know, you know what I mean, uh, uh, Wiggins, three-point shooting, he got to stop shooting threes. That's not you. I don't know who gave this guy the green light to shoot these three-points. Better yet, you can't even shoot, make a uh, free throw. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of things that they need to do as far as, like, the defense. They're, they're lacking on their defense. Game two, their defense is up to par. Uh, uh, game three, uh, uh, game three is 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 uh, it's like they're behind the three point range. You know what I mean? You guys got to get on top of the three point range. You guys got to stay out there on them. Marcus Smart, I just think he's just a dirty player all the way around. You know what I mean? People, he he was following Steph Curry all night. You know what I mean? They, we just wasn't getting those calls. We already knew we weren't going to get these calls because we're in Boston. But other than that, that's all I have to say, guys. I appreciate you. Good phone call, D. 888-957-9570. Why do you go ahead and react to to some of what he had to say? A lot of things on point from D in San Jose. I think Draymond, you want him on the ball sometimes because otherwise, if he's off the ball, I have have no reason to fear him at all if I'm on defense. At least if he's on the ball. You know, Eddie Johnson was on today with Willard and Dibbs, and he said Draymond Green's one-dimensional, and they had a big thing about that and people calling. Well, uh, you know, offensively what he does is he's a good playmaker, and I and I think you need him bringing the ball across half court sometimes. He only had two turnovers tonight, by the way. That was one positive. And you want Steph off the ball. So I, 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 don't, I don't think that's a problem with Draymond right now. I think the problems are at the other end. I'll just say that about Draymond. I, and Wiggins needs to take those shots. He was one of their better three-point shooters this year. He's just got to make them. Yeah, the 40% plus from three-point range, I mean, that tells you, and, and especially even higher than that from certain spots on the floor, tell you that, that he needs to be taking the shots. And, yeah, to your point, he's got to make them. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Wally in San Rafael next on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Wally. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I, I wanted to make the point about Draymond, but you got like, callers keep saying it, you keep saying it, and, I'll just say that he needs to do something. I mean, I, I saw the stat, 15 fouls and 15 points in three games. He's, I think the reason they've lost two out of three of these games, and I'll point to game one and just the lack of intensity on closeouts, just being straight lazy on defense cost us game one. And tonight it was like, you know, what are you doing? And I, I actually just saw something Isaiah Thomas just said, the, the former Piston, not the, the current player for the Hornets. Uh, but he said Draymond's just not focused. And I the I understand that players, you know, they'll play golf with each other, you know, during, during you know, games. Like Michael did it with Danny Ainge back in the day. Uh, you know, they have their outlets. But just the podcasting and talking about this all the time, talking about Cedric Maxwell, talking about the fans. It's like you are not focused on basketball. You are focused on all these other things. And it's just, you know, you can say that and it's like, oh, well, he's playing, but he's not playing well. He's he's a non-factor and it's not like he's not playable because you need him out there. But uh, I don't know. He's just, he's been the reason we've lost some games. And it's like, I agree that like, I just do not feel like he's focused on basketball, especially after the stat line tonight. Thanks Wally. Again, put Wally in that other category. And I, I think it's, I think it's, 
pretty close to 50-50, and I would be willing to bet maybe even it's more than 50% of the fans feel like feel like Wally does. It's, it's fair to feel that way. There, there's no question about it. I'm, even if I don't agree with it, it's fair to feel that way, and I think a lot of fans feel that way. And Wally points out, hey, not even – and maybe it's an old head kind of thing when he, you know, he brings up Isaiah Thomas. Maybe it is a generational kind of thing, whether you have more, more of a problem with it than not. But it is something that when you don't play well, that question has to be asked even if it continually gets shot down. Yeah, I understand it, and I know that we're all, all of us are looking for reasons why Draymond's struggling. I did, it, You know, I, you've done podcasts, J.D., you've done more than I've done. They're not that hard, and I don't think it's something you're just, that... You're just talking. Yeah, you're yeah. just talking about... Yeah. Yeah, you're just talking about stuff. Which he's going to be doing anyway, and someone records it. And, so I, that's why I don't think... He just does oh. a podcast instead of the media session. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he does both, but yeah. he, he does both, but he maybe... He saves the juicier stuff for the podcast. <laughs> I, I don't think the podcast is it, but there is something um, because, you know, to Wally's point, you know, Draymond and I, people overlooked it a little bit. The first, I thought the first game, Wally made the point, Draymond's closeout in the first game, his closeouts were awful. He he really played a terrible game. Tonight I was like, where was he? But the first game was really bad. So something's going on with him. Maybe, as I say, I think it's a matter of if this is a tough matchup for him guarding Jalen Brown. I just, me personally, I think if Draymond said tomorrow, that's it. I'm done with the podcast. I don't think his level of play would necessarily improve. Maybe I'm wrong. Dave in Fresno on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. And I appreciate the perfect setup because I'm calling in to talk about said Draymond. And, and this is what the point you guys, I think, you're missing. You guys do make good points, but here's the point that you're missing about the whole podcast and all that because – if you just look at, you know, recently he started the podcast, but he's, he's been talking. When the... oh. oh, did we lose Dave? Yeah, oh, sorry, Dave. Man, Dave, you that got wasn't it. us, Dave, Dave. Call back. Yeah. You were fired up. It was not us. We'll, you call back. We'll get you right right in here before we break at the, at the end of the hour. Lefty in Oakland. A couple of more. We'll get Lefty and Robin. We'll hopefully come back to Dave. Hey, Lefty. Hey, can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, loud and clear. Okay, got you on speaker. Anyway, uh, I feel sorry for that guy. I knew you were going to say, oh, we lost Dave. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to hand out some chill pills tonight. Warriors are going to win game four. Figured they're going to drop this game. They traditionally sucked in game threes. Didn't get the calls tonight. Played not great. Steph's doing his thing. As far as Draymond goes, if you all remember, he wasn't very good in the 2019 finals. I think he had like nine turnovers in the last game even. Curry's doing his thing. Clay finally hit some shots, although he's throwing up everything. But uh, I just I didn't figure we were going to win tonight. We're going to take game four. You come back home 2-2, you got to win game five, and then let's go. I think this, this is over in six. I'm not worried about a thing. Just play better. That's bottom line. This team's got it in them. They're going to have a little talk tonight. Play better game four. Come home 2-2. Wrap this thing up in five or five or six games, probably six. Thanks for the call, mm. Lefty. Uh, yeah, look, you win game four, and everybody's feeling like the Warriors are in control of this series, even though it would only be 2-2 at that point. Uh, as far as Draymond, I think the most telling stat I saw about Draymond uh, in, in this series, it's 
what was it? Fifteen? Oh shoot, I lost. I'm gonna have to find it. I had a Please. I had a note yeah. about uh, about Draymond, and I'm gonna, I don't want to mess it up. I had it. I wrote it down wrong, so I'm going to have to go back and, and look at, at where I saw it. So we'll get Robin in San Francisco, and then I'll clean that up uh, while we're talking to Robin. What's going on, Robin? How are you? Hey, you guys. Um, a couple of things. How, hi, Whitey. Not hey. close. Hi, Whitey. Hi. And so, um, <laughs> hi. I just want to say that I watched half the game and half I didn't. I listened, and then I also was looking at the box score. So my comments, I hope, are not, you know, out of context here. But I did notice the points. And, you know, if we could just get one more consistent score tonight, I think we could have been a little bit more uh, competitive offensively in that regard. And I'm really not surprised. I think you guys have heard me say uh, numerous times that our offense is flawed and it's inconsistent. And so that's what really scares me about our team in terms of offense, okay? And then um, also uh, with regards to Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole has shown a tremendous growth. He's earned trust. But I do think that people uh, um, expect too much out of him because I think this is where his um, his, his, lack, his his growth is going to come from. I mean, and his lack of inexperience is showing. And, I mean, he came from the G League. I mean, I mean, he was drafted, but he had to go down to the G League. Very seldom the G League people, G League players rise to be superstars in the damn NBA finals. So I think that's too much on him. And the last thing about Draymond Green, which you guys should know, he's not one of my favorite. And the reason why is I lived last out loud like Dre does too. But when you live life out loud, you guys, you got to back what you talk up. And he does it. And that's what makes me sick. So he needs to shut his damn mouth and play ball. Bye, guys. Thanks for the call, Robin. When, when you live out loud, I love how she put that, mm-hmm, then you mm-hmm. have to back it up. Well, he backed it up in game two, but he definitely didn't back it up tonight. And, and Because he came out and he was on one in game two. And I think to Robin's point, Again, the nights you win, you, then you can kind of say whatever you want. The nights you lose, you're going to have to deal with the, the, the criticism, I think, coming coming from the other side. So 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and pause here. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get to some more phone calls. We'll hear from Steve Kerr and Clay Thompson and hopefully Draymond Green as well. We may even have a, a quick visit from our buddy Kerry Keating as the Celtics Beat the Warriors tonight, 116 to 100. we got one more hour. I am in Boston, joined by Whitey Gleason as well. Warriors wrap-up, 95-7 the game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, final hour. John Dickinson in Boston. Whitey Gleason back in the Bay. Warriors Wrap Up. Dubs fall to the Celtics, 116-100. to So 2-1 advantage for Boston. Game four right back here at TD Garden on Friday night. Uh, a couple of things here before we get to Steve Kerr. And tonight was the first finals game in Boston, in this building, in 12 years, you got to go all the way back to June the 13th of 2010. It was Game 5 of the NBA Finals, the old 2-3-2 format with the middle three uh, at the underdogs venue. And that was the Lakers and the Celtics playing for what was the second time in three years head-to-head. The Lakers won that series in seven, but the Celtics won that game on that night to take a 3-2 lead before... The Lakers won a couple of games at, at Staples Center to, to end that series and, and win it four games to three. So a little bit of a note there. Uh, we talked about Al Horford and Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, uh, all putting up numbers for the Celtics uh, in this one. And Stephen Curry, his six threes in the game three. Uh, he's made at least five threes in three consecutive games. That matches the longest streak for him in a single NBA Finals uh, 18 threes in the series are tied for the most for any three-game span in a single NBA Finals. So Steph is doing his thing and, again, playing at a level where if the Warriors win this series, I think there's going to be a lot of happy Warrior fans for the way that, that this thing plays out with him having the potential to be in good good shape for the, the MVP of the series. But you got to win the series, and now this left foot injury uh, is something that is going to really hang over, I think, the next couple of days as the Warriors try and gear up for Game 4 in this building on Friday night. Yeah, I'll give you three big takeaways, J.D. Obviously, that's one. Steph Curry saying, this injury feels similar to what happened to me when we played Boston in March, but not as bad. I should be okay. But he said, you know, you could see if you watch the game, he was in a lot of pain. So just something to keep an eye on. Hopefully he's okay, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Two tonight in the game, the Warriors looked small. Uh, They got, uh, let's see, beaten in second chance points 22-11. to They got out-rebounded 47-31. to and points in the paint when Boston's way 52 to 26. So the Warriors, yeah, they look small against a quicker, stronger Celtic team, at least tonight. And then thirdly, and, and finally, and I know a caller just mentioned this, and J.D., I think this is going to be something that's going to be talked about a lot, uh, was Isaiah Thomas on NBA TV, and this is what he said about Draymond. He said, he's not talking about Jalen Brown. He's not talking about Tatum. He's not talking about Marcus Smart. He's talking about podcasts. 
pass, and he's talking about Cedric Maxwell and the fans. And where does that show up? That shows up in the box score in a game like tonight where you played 34 minutes, you have four rebounds, three assists, and two points. Draymond Green does that in a grade school game, not in the NBA Finals. So when you talk about focus, this is what the Finals is about right now. He has lost focus in terms of concentrating on beating the opponent. I don't agree with that, but that's what Isaiah Thomas said, and I think that's something that's going to be talked about a lot in the next couple of days. Yeah, and the the two-time NBA champ as well. And and Steve Kerr was asked about that, and Draymond was asked about that. So let's go ahead and hear from both of them uh, first here on on Warriors Wrap-Up. The head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, post-game tonight here in the TD Garden. Was there an injury to Steph Curry that forced him out of the game? No. You mean when they dove on the floor for the jump ball? I, I kept him in the game. Right, and then you took him out of that the two minutes. I minute took mark. him out with two minutes left because we were down by 14 points. So, No concern for Steph moving forward. I didn't, I didn't say that. I just The injury didn't force him out of the game, but I took him out down 14 with two minutes left because we weren't going to catch up. We'll, we'll know more tomorrow. The, they were clearly hunting Steph a little bit in this game. Was, was the foul trouble part of that, or did he get foul trouble, and then do you think they started hunting? And what, what, how did you think that relationship happened when, when, with him out there? That's not a, a surprise. You know, they're going to put him in, in pick and roll. They're going to put a few of, of our guys in pick and roll, try to, um, you know, make us guard. Uh, Steph picked up a couple of unfortunate ones early, uh, but I didn't think the foul trouble really affected the game. We just kept him out there, and... Um, I don't know. Did he finish with four fouls? So uh, he he played through it really well. He guarded uh, like crazy, and obviously uh, his shot making was uh, incredible in that third quarter. It allowed us to take take the lead, but uh, we uh, we didn't have have enough in the fourth. Yeah, Steve. What do you think of the energy levels? It seems like well, they pretty much own the, the glass and got a lot of fifty fifty balls. Did you think that was an energy? I th- yeah, I thought the offensive rebounds. Um, were just a killer you know they uh, i think they they had like 20 something second chance points and that was really the difference in the game you know we made several stops uh especially in the second half uh where we had a chance to cut into the lead or, or make a little push and they got offensive board so those those were uh those were tough coach can you just talk about uh, draymond's struggles tonight is just not overall and just how to create reacted to him yeah, he had a tough game, but um, but I I trust Draymond as much as I trust anybody. You know, he's uh, always bounces back, you know, from losses and from uh, you know tough uh, nights individually, and uh, he'll he'll be back on Friday. Your thoughts on the crowd's response to him all night? Classy, very classy. Uh, Coach, eleven points in the fourth quarter. I think it was four turnovers in the first six possessions. Uh, you expended all that energy coming back in the third. What did you see to start the fourth from their defense that kind of got you guys out of sorts there? Yeah, I mean, they, they did a great job uh, pressuring us. And, uh, you know, we went back to Steph to start the fourth. We, we gave him the last uh, three minutes or so of the third because we knew we were going to have uh, to score to start that fourth quarter and um, just couldn't get anything to go. We had a couple turnovers and, um, you know, a couple, couple shots that didn't go down. And, um, Obviously, they took advantage. You mentioned the rebounding issue. Kavon only gets 17 minutes tonight. What's the balance you're kind of trying to strike of leaning smaller, but, you know, obviously you get beat up inside and, and Kavon barely plays? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the game for us. We have to, to uh, you know, factor in what's happening on the floor, what we need. Do we need floor spacing? Do we need, uh, you know, better rebounding? Um, 
and we were kind of plugging holes tonight. You know, they um, they did a good job. They they earned the win. They put a lot of pressure on us, and it felt like we were kind of swimming upstream most of the night. So uh, we weren't able to find uh, that two-way combination. Other than that stretch in the third, when when Steph really got hot, couldn't find the right combination to uh, to to strike that balance. Steve, I guess kind of following up on that, you guys were outscored 52 to 26 points in the paint. What was going wrong uh, defensively, I guess, there for you guys? First half, we didn't guard the ball well at all. It was uh, That was really the main issue was uh, the point of attack defense. Uh, they got past us. It wasn't, you know, based on many sets they were running. It was more just, uh, you know, they're coming downhill at us, and and they got past us, and that uh, and that hurt us. So, um, you know, they got into the paint, got some buckets, got some offensive boards, and uh, and set a tone. Steve, you usually get such a good jolt from Draymond, whether you go small or not. When he has a night like tonight, where there is no jolt, really, how does that? How do you? How does that kind of impact what you? You know, he's one of our our best players. Obviously, a championship player, and um, you know, he's uh, we rely on him for his his energy and his his brain, and um, so um, yeah, like I said, uh, he'll bounce back. He always does, and. Uh, you know, tough night for for all of us. I mean, we just uh, we just couldn't get it going, and uh, not much else to say. Two one. We got a day tomorrow to to prepare for for game four, and we'll we'll get back at it. Obviously, this isn't the reason why Draymond struggled tonight, but the fact that he is having his post game podcast and kind of talking about this chess match so openly, it's obviously like pretty unprecedented. Is that something that you guys are thinking about in terms of maybe tipping a bit of hand to Boston, or maybe just being aware of them comp- comprehending and take, taking in his content. I don't listen to the podcast, <laughs> so I uh, I haven't. I don't know what he's said on there. It doesn't doesn't bother me. It's it's you know 2022. It's a different world. Uh, it's uh, players are part of the media now. It's been established, so it is what it is. All right. So Steve Kerr, there a lot to chew on and react to. Uh, I'll just I'll just kind of let you pick where you want to go whether it's him addressing the fans with the sarcastic classy very classy or the answer there with the question regarding Draymond or even going back to the beginning where he bristled at the notion that that Steph was was taken out because of injury Uh, kind of an odd presser there for Steve yeah obviously feeling you know not not too thrilled with the way things went the one thing that jumped out to me more than everything else. And as you say, there was a lot there that was very interesting. When he talked about plugging holes, how that we felt like we were swimming upstream all night and we were plugging holes in terms of trying to find, you know, the right combination. He said we were unable to find the, the right two-way combination except for that stretch um, where they took the lead. And that gets to the heart of what we've been talking about for a long time, J.D. Right now, Steve Kerr with this lineup, he's got to make choices. Do I go offense or do I go defense here? And as he needed tonight to find a group that could really uh, solidify things at both ends, he never could quite find that. So that's that's kind of the big problem with the roster right now when you go either you know Draymond and Looney uh, with spacing and offensive issues. And if they're not giving you the offense, then where do I go? i got to go maybe to pool. He doesn't give you the defense. So bottom line, they just need more offense out of uh, Draymond. And, and Kevon Looney does a fine job, but Draymond especially needs to pose a little more defense, uh, offensive threat, pardon me, and Poole needs to be a better defender. Definitely. And I think 
Andre Iguodala also factors a little bit into that, and I, w- I wanted to bring him up because he only played mm-hmm. two minutes tonight. It was basically the last two possessions of the f- what the first and the second quarter, and I think as much as Steve Kerr would want Iguodala to play, and he was available to play tonight, only emergency use, and he's another player to where if he's out there, it's another non-scoring threat that you have to lump him in with the Looney yeah. Draymond and and even Gary Payton the second group and you can't really you know it makes it tougher to have some of the combinations on the floor that maybe Steve Kerr wants to have on the floor to that point about needing the the two-way player or being vulnerable in in one spot to maybe cover for another yeah, as well as Boston plays defense, all of a sudden that's really become an issue for the Warriors. And I thought it was also interesting for all the talk we've had tonight about the offense. And you can look at their offense and say, yeah, it's not function like it normally does. But Steve Kerr said, our defense to start the game was awful. We are just getting beaten at the point of attack. So that's, again, that's where it all started. We said before the last game, Warriors have to play better defense. They're going to have to play much better defense going forward, and they're going to need Green and Poole to play better if they're going to win this series. It's also interesting, J.D., I don't know how you feel about this and this wasn't something coach Kerr said but it uh, relates to what he was talking about CJ McCollum said if Clay doesn't play a lot better there's no way the Warriors can win this series I, if Clay plays like he did tonight I think they could win the series but how important do you think how much do they need Clay to get anywhere close to what Clay typically does in the biggest games well I I think the fact that he played as well as he did, and I know we can quibble about did he play great. I thought he played good. Mm-hmm. Best game of the series for Clay, no, no question about it. But I think he's they lost that game. So mm-hmm. if if he was only going to have two games like he played tonight in the series, and I've sort of said that I I don't think he's capable really of playing two games, more than two games. I think he's got two, but more than two of let's say the final five now four. When you lose one of the games where he does play better and score for you, I think it becomes problematic because you don't know if if he is going to be consistent and keep bringing it. Like maybe game six is the next game where he plays as well or better than he did tonight. Well, right now you you got to figure out how to win a game to get to a game six at this point. Yeah, yeah. It was a really interesting presser and all the questions about Draymond and Coach Kerr sticking up for him, but what could he say? And he's just, Draymond's one of our best players, and he'll be back. He always bounces back. And that's pretty much all he could say about the situation. All right, let's go ahead and hear from Draymond Green now as he addressed the media, and uh, you're not going to want to miss this, as he was also asked by the same reporter uh, about doing the podcast and, and giving up uh, certain amounts of, of information, potentially the Celtics. It was uh, it was quite the back and forth, a uh, respectful one, but uh, yeah, Draymond, Draymond kind of got the reporter in the end of this one, but uh, it pertains to everything that, that we're talking about tonight uh, following the Warriors' loss. So here's Dre. Just what was your reaction to the crowd's chants that were directed to you throughout the game? No, they just talking. Not really my job to react to them. They did what I expected. Draymond, how do you how do you feel you played? Like, what was the difference this game? I just think I never found a rhythm really on both ends of the floor. So uh, not enough force, but just got to find the rhythm quicker. Uh, they had 15 offensive rebounds. Uh, you guys have protected the glass really well, you know, pretty much all playoffs. What do you think was the issue on the glass? Uh, yeah, I think that's just a force thing. Um, you know, then once you get comfortable, you establish that presence, then the ball just kind of finds you. You know, you get you, you start to get the bounces and the breaks. So just got to start the game off better. 
Draymond, I'm not saying it's why you struggled tonight by any means, but I found listening to your podcast recaps the last couple of games pretty interesting. Are you conscious at all of what you're saying about the X's and O's, the game plans, the adjustments could be making their way back to Boston staffers and influencing their decision-making at all? No. I don't say much different on the podcast than I say to you right here. So, nah. What's the X's and O's that I said on the podcast? Only real thing I, I noticed that like really stood out was you talked about how to cover White, Smart, and Horford differently between games one and two. That was really only... Oh, yeah, that was just contesting shots. That, if that's X's and O's, then I don't, you're reaching for something. It's all good, though. Keep going. <laughs> reaching heavy. The only thing, you find that they are taking X's and O's away from your, your podcast. Uh, well, the only thing you've said is white, smart, and Horford. Hmm. I'm not trying to blow it up. That. I just, nah, I mean, you, you went for it, but yeah. hey, respect. Appreciate the podcast uh, promo you just gave me, you though. It, the Draymond Green Show. You Next time, just mention it that way. You got it. All right, bet. Draymond, what most disappointed you about the way you guys played tonight and yourself? I was soft. That was what was most disappointing to me uh, for us. Monty, how much X and O's you get from the podcast? <laughs> Clearly, this guy, I don't know, man. Maybe that's the IQ level over this way. <laughs> Respect. You got something else, Monty? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Not just you, but would you, what was disappointing about the, the whole your team played other than the third quarter? Uh, I thought um, <clears throat> we let them get to too, too many of their strengths. You know, uh, we like to play by the term making them play left-handed, and I don't think we did that tonight. So, Jake Fisher, just an FYI, that's a, a reference to something, making somebody play left hand. That's not really X's and O's, like literally make them drive left. But uh, we like to make teams play left hand, and, and we didn't do that tonight, and, and that starts with me. And, um, you know, when when you allow a team to get comfortable, especially in their home, in front of their home crowd, then it's tough. And we battled back. We took the lead for a minute. But, you know, if, if it's a game and you go on that run, it's a different story. So we'll be better. I'll be better. Come out, win game four, go back home 2-2. You know you got to play better, right? Mm -hmm. But heading into game four, what are some adjustments that you know that you have to make personally? I think it's just my approach to the game. Um, I approach the game differently. Everything else falls in play. There's no big X and no adjustment in the NBA Finals. You know what they do. They know what you do. Now who's going to go play with the more force and win the game? They did that tonight. We got to come out and do that on Friday. Maybe it's not about X's and O's, but what went wrong when it came to the rebounding battle and then allowing uh, their points in the paint? Uh, well, I think when you're putting constant pressure on the rim, then the rebound patterns are messed up. You're rotating, you're coming in. And so goes back to our point of attack defense. And, I, you know, that starts with me. If we control the point of attack, it puts you in a better position overall on the court. And so, and then, like I said, you, you allow them to get a few then you just start to get the bounces and, you know, things start to go your way. So I think it's, an, it's not just a rebound specific. It's our defense as a whole. And when your defense as a whole is good, it, it makes it a lot easier to rebound. Jamin, do you kind of embrace the opposing uh, fans looking at you as the villain in, in a way that, that do you feed off of it in a way that it, it takes some pressure maybe or some of that attention off some of your teammates? Is, is that something that – fuels you and it can be something that you use yeah definitely i i embrace it i enjoy it um i didn't really feed off of it tonight i don't think i fed off much tonight but yeah you know that's that's something that i enjoy you know i waste a lot of energy talking to me so i i it's great it's great um looking forward to friday
what worked in the third quarter that you guys couldn't sustain before and after it? And what was that exchange that you had with Courtney Kirkland after you filed out where you guys were basically, I don't know if it was a staring contract. No, no, I just asked him, you know, he, he called a foul for me for diving on the floor. He said, I dove on somebody. This man gets his legs dove on. I just asked, you know, is that not the same thing? He told me it wasn't the same thing, so. In the third that you guys couldn't um, I thought we really got moving offensively. We got them scattered. Defensively, we were swarming. We were all over the place. And, you know, we took away what they were trying to do. Why we didn't sustain it, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and watch the film and kind of see where we let go of the rope at. But, you know, I'm sure there are some things we'll, you know, look back at it and take away from it and make sure we bring that to Friday's game. What did you see on the pileup with, with Steph? And are you worried about Steph being injured? I mean, yeah, you're always worried. But, uh, yeah, I saw him getting dove on. I picked up my file pushing him off of him because he's screaming at the bottom of the pile. So, I, yeah, it is what it is. I'll take the file. I'm going to get him off his legs, though. All right, so Draymond Green there, always entertaining and a lot to say. <laughs> and tonight, no different, uh, whether the exchange there with the uh, young reporter from, from Bleacher Report, uh, I believe, and then uh, – getting into the conversation with Courtney Kirkland uh, at the end there and, and also telling everybody he played like bleep. So uh-huh. uh, Trey, Draymond, <laughs> always honest and, and to the point, and again, tonight no exception, Whitey. Yeah, I know a lot of Warrior fans <clears throat> Excuse me, think that uh, the podcast is a distraction. Th- this was like a different angle of that, like, oh, you're giving away uh, too many strategic secrets, which is uh, – Interesting. I give the guy credit, I guess, for having the courage to ask a question. But I, we we heard what happened. Didn't really go anywhere. The most interesting things Draymond said, I thought, was when he talked about we got we got beat at the point of attack. It's interesting because it's the same thing Steve Kerr said. You know, there's a lot of talk about, um, oh yeah, we well, got to play with more force. But if you can't get stops, you, you it's hard to play with force. Boston got going downhill tonight, and the reason they did is because tonight anyway they had a physical advantage with some of the matchups, and that's the biggest problem. For the Warriors, uh, that's what they got to figure out: is how to curb that, how to uh, how to um, make the most of the advantages they have, take advantage of Boston's turnovers. This was a rough night for him, and it was a rough night for Draymond because they basically were beaten physically. Yeah, and and he went out of the way to say he thought he was soft. So how? Yeah. So if you're if if you're soft, then and I think you know the Warriors to a man thought they were a little soft. I thought in game one, right. they came out. He set that tone in game two. Tonight it wasn't there. I mean, that's the part that is a little peculiar to me, that it wasn't there tonight. But it all goes back to sometimes it just isn't completely up to you to flip the switch. Sometimes the opposition flips a, a switch on you and, and you can't recover from it. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And you know who did kind of flip a switch tonight? Give him credit as Al Horford flipped a switch, right? He was dreadful last game. He had a really yeah. good game tonight. But yeah, it is a little um, confusing to see the Warriors have uh, such a bad game defensively in Game One. They come back from that. All right, here we go to Boston, man. This series is on as a big opportunity. Then afterwards, they're saying a lot of the same things they said after Game One. You got to give Boston a ton of credit, but it is a little puzzling. Dear Draymond talking about, yeah, uh, soft. The same thing is said after game one. So, obviously, there's a little more to it than just the amount of force the Warriors are bringing to the game. 888-957-9570. Final segment next. We'll hear from Steph. We'll hear from Clay. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to Kerry Keating for a couple of minutes before we get out of here. It's Warriors wrap-up. 116-100. to 110, uh, 116 to 100, The Warriors beaten by the Celtics. 
Game four Friday night. You hear it right here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, Celtics lead the Warriors in the NBA Finals two games to one. They win tonight with a big fourth quarter as uh, they beat the Warriors 116 to 100. Final segment here, we'll talk to Kerry Keating coming up in about, uh, oh, seven or eight minutes uh, as the Warriors got outscored 23-11 in the fourth quarter. Uh, but first, uh, Whitey, let's get to our shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Jordan Poole returns to the fray. Curry to Porter Jr. Back to Curry. Takes another three. It's good! It's good! The Warriors take the lead. 83-82 with 3.39 to go. Stephen Curry has 29 points. Yeah, 3.39 to go in the third quarter as the Warriors had rallied from 18 down to take the lead and uh, another dominant third quarter for the Warriors. So that's your shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID-19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org or call 211. Uh, Steph had it cooking at that point in a big-time way. Uh, Before we hear from Steph, Whitey, Wanted to get a quick thought on sort of the reaction to the reaction, the reactions to this point <laughs> on the fan reaction to Draymond Green. There were some pretty rough tra- uh, chants, uh, including, you know, F you Draymond and, uh, you know, Draymond sucks were the were the two most popular. Well, did it? Do you think it had any impact on the way he played? Clearly, he didn't play well tonight. Uh, you having been there, did you get the sense that it was something? Was it was it so um, oppressive that it actually may have impacted his play tonight? Which is hard to imagine. No, I didn't think so at all. I, and look, you can say it's it's not classy, and I. I, I you know, I, we'll hear from Clay Thompson before we get out of here. Uh, he had some more, some more thoughts on it, uh, which I thought were interesting. But no, I mean, it's look not the best look, but it's also pro sports, and it's it's the NBA Finals, and and you know that that's a line that I'm not surprised that the Celtics fans necessarily cross. But no, I don't think I do think there will be conversation about it the next couple of days. I don't think it really had any any impact on anything from being here. And, and man, I talked about it a little bit in the first hour. Absolutely electric in this building. This, this goes up to the top of the list, and I, I thought it would going in, but sometimes you overhype something in your mind. Uh, the crowd here was awesome. It was definitely the best crowd. No offense to Toronto, which was excellent, or Cleveland in the times that I was able to go there for the NBA Finals, but this was at the top in terms of the Warriors' uh, opponents and the fans being into it and the place being all green, and it was it was electric all night long, No no I've, doubt about it. I thought Boston did a good job rallying around, you know, the, the, the Jalen Brown's complaints from game two. And my point is maybe, um, you know, there's a lot of mind games involved in these playoff series. Maybe the Warriors, maybe that becomes a rallying point for them. Like, let's go out there and show these fans what we really think of what they're, uh, what they're saying to Draymond. So, um, you know how it is. It's crazy sometimes. But something like that can, can light a fuse. So I'm wondering if that's something that the Warriors will, will rally uh, around in, in game four. They definitely have to make a – got to win a game, and they got, they're in a position where they have to make a statement uh, to do so. And then, of course, the big thing is we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed uh, for the Steph Curry updates, which, of course, we'll have as soon as they're available for you tomorrow on 95.7 The Game.
Yeah, and at some point the Warriors are going to have to do what what hasn't been done to the Celtics, which is a consecutive yeah. loss. Yeah, seven and zero now. The Celtics off of a loss in this postseason, and the only way the Warriors can win the NBA championship is if they beat the Celtics at some point in two consecutive games. All right, let's hear from Steph Curry. He addressed the injury, how he's feeling, and this loss to Boston in Game Three. Here's Steph. How are you feeling after that? Up in the fourth quarter. Uh, I'll be all right. It was uh, I got caught underneath L. Obviously, uh, be some pain, but I'll be all right. Figure out how it feels tomorrow and get ready for uh, for Friday. Uh, same thing I did in Denver or uh, against Boston in the regular season, but I'll be uh, not not as bad. Sprain essentially. That's what it felt like, and then I'll see how it responds. So not much other to say. I don't feel like I'll miss a game though. So. Take advantage of these next 48 hours to get ready. Steph, you um, were getting kind of a, a lot of the shots you want third quarter. What, what changed in the fourth, and how were they able to uh, slow you guys down? We had some uh, forced turnovers in the first couple of possessions of the fourth, and that obviously led to them getting some easy buckets, extending the lead a little bit. We settled down, a little, uh, I think, a little bit after that and got some good shots. They try to send a little bit more attention to our pick and rolls. Uh, I think we could slow down just a little bit and try to find the right matchups. But that first two or three minutes kind of set the tone for the rest of the fourth. It gave them a little bit of a cushion. We had a hard time, you know, responding after that. So between the first three minutes of the fourth and the first 12 minutes of the game, that was pretty much it. Stephen Calicon, the athletic. Draymond did say in the pile that he heard you screaming. Was it just a lot of pain there? And how scary was that? Yeah, he's a big body, obviously. Uh, I haven't seen the play, so I don't know if it could have been avoided or not. But uh, I was in that situation uh, with Marcus back in in the bay, and uh, you just want to get your foot out of there. That was all I was trying to trying to do at that point, knowing the position I was in. But uh, like I said, it's not as for what I feel like it's not as bad. So hopefully it responds well over the next two days. When Robert Williams is out there, how much does that affect what shots you can take, what passes you can make? I mean, we ha- we've in our game plan we have uh, we've talked about just being aware of where he is because especially depending on who he's guarding, he can kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, there was a play in early in the fourth. I got by Grant Williams. I thought I had a you know daylight to get a shot up and you know, underestimate how athletic he, he was and how much he could uh, you know bother that shot. So there are situations where we can use that to our advantage because he's going to be aggressive. He's going to keep trying to make plays on the ball. You've got to be aware of where he is because that's what he does for them on that end of the floor. Is that something you have to feel out game by game with his health, how much he can do and what you can do against it? No, it was after the first game, you kind of got a feel, and then it's just a matter of can you execute or not, and can you make the right decisions every single time. You know, it's a bang-bang play, whether you're looking to get a shot off the rim or you got to swing it because he's, he's, uh, he's showing his length. You've heard over the years fans getting on Draymond for various things. What did you think of the chance tonight and the frequency of the chance? Par for the course. Every every arena, you kind of get a little something. It's been like that the whole playoffs, and every run we've made over the course of the, that's he, he expects it. Um, so n- no different tonight. Was this one of those games when you start off early and you fall behind 10, 12 points? Did you feel like this was one of those games you had to hang around in and maybe you could kind of steal it on the back end if you just stayed close enough? And, you know, in relation to that fall, did you feel like 
maybe there's a little recklessness there in that situation, considering it's the second time that's happened to you against them this season? I mean, the first question is you want to get off to a better start because you got to know that a really good team like Boston is, they're going to feed off of the change of venues and coming out with a lot of energy and aggression. And, you know, Jalen, uh, yeah, Jalen got off to a good start in, in the first quarter, made some tough shots, some ones we didn't really press up into his body. And we, we paid the price for that over the course of the game because, you know, we, we clawed our way back, had a one-point lead at one point in the third quarter. And you do all that work to get back into it but we feel like we can play a lot better um with that same you know third quarter intensity where you're not on your heels for you know big parts of the game and don't have to you know win the game twice in the sense so we got to correct that if we want to you know get game four i don't really have any comments on the other play i haven't really seen it yet i just know you know how it felt When Clay was up here, he mentioned the fact that you've sort of been here before in 2015 down 2-1. I'm wondering if you see any similarities in terms of this Boston team, that Cavs team, the situations, the the physicality in the series, uh, any parallels you can draw as you move forward trying to get back into the series? Nothing specific, just that the situation is what it is. We're on the road, we must win game, game four. We had a must win game after, you know, a tough, tough one in game one, and we got game two. So the flow, we still feel like we you know, obviously can win the series and gotta come out with the right inten- intensity and focus in game four. Um, but it, to Clay's point, it does help knowing we've been through a little bit of everything over these, you know, last eight years and can draw on that experience of, Showing up, uh, you know, when it, when it, when we, when you need to to uh, to stay in the series. Do you remember the last time you had just one free throw in a game? And did tonight's Celtics defense on you feel the same level of, of physical and just and tightness as it had through the first two games, or different or more? It felt the same. I mean, th- their personnel and the way that they defend. They are very physical. They have a way of, obviously, with Marcus on the ball, he's pretty aggressive. Uh, you know, Robert and behind the behind the play, and they got usually a lot of length and, and size on, on the wings. I don't know why I was only one free throw. Uh, I felt like there were a couple possessions that could have, or, or plays that could have gone my way. It is hard to understand the flow of the game based on some of the you know the calls that went my way where i have i have four and you know you're having to defend a certain way because you know you want to stay on the floor and not allow that to impact the game but you know you still got to find a way to be effective no matter how the game is being called it's a good lesson to learn for uh for for next game All right, so Steph Curry there. I I think one of the things, Whitey, that we are going to be talking about over the next couple of days as well, and you heard a couple of the questions regarding the play with with him and Al Horford where he was injured, Uh, and I want to get your read on just hearing the full presser now, just where you think he's at in terms of of the injury. But I I do think it's going to be talked about, hey, it was the Celtics again. It was a play where, hey, ball's on the floor, and a dive winds up kind of at his legs. Marcus Smart did it, and a lot of people thought that was a, a reckless, so if not dirty, play. Uh, what What's kind of your read on that? Because I think that's something that's going to be debated a lot over the next 48 hours. I will have to watch it a couple times again. My initial reaction, and some of this is because of my perception of Al Horford, I don't think he's that type of player, but I, I didn't have an issue with it initially. Again, it is something that will 
bear watching. Uh, it sounds like Steph doesn't necessarily think it was, there was anything like that, but of course he said he, he hadn't seen it yet. You know, Marcus Smart, we know he has a reputation. Al Horford doesn't have that reputation. That doesn't exonerate him, but I, uh, until I see it again and less, and until I see it again and notice something more, I, I didn't think there was anything um, that was cheap uh, about that. Even the Horford, the flagrant, I thought, you know, that was it was a flagrant foul, but I thought it was – I didn't think it was deliberate. Just the whole thing with Steph, you know, I'll be all right, um, but there's a lot of pain. We saw how much pain. So just fingers crossed on that. I trust him when he says, you know, it's the finals, I want to play. But if, if he's injured, if, he, if he's sprained a ligament again, we, that's, that could be ultimately the deciding factor in the series. Hope, hopefully it won't be. All right, let's get to Kerry Keating for a couple of minutes. Uh, Kerry Keating, former coach at Santa Clara, helping out on the After the Game show uh, with Chris Alvarez and Adonal Foyle on ABC7, Larry Beal as well. Uh, coach, uh, about five minutes or so here to spend with you. Uh, what did you think of the game tonight? Bad start for the Warriors. They clawed their way back. Looked like they were in pretty good position to maybe steal one, but then everything goes awry in, uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, a little perplexing, J.D., especially on the count of Draymond. You know, fully expecting to know what he needed to bring tonight on a road uh, environment where, you know, he knew the difference between game one and game two and responded, and the team responded. The effort was better. The defensive effort was better. You know, saying afterwards, you know, it's hard to be perfect, and it's certainly hard to be perfect when you're in a road environment, but it doesn't make up or doesn't preclude you from having the effort make up for any of that lack of, of execution, especially on the defensive end. And if Draymond's highest stat number is his foul count, you know you're going to be in big trouble. Clearly, <laughs> that was the case tonight. And, and to your point, J.D., uh, you know, to the 2015 comparisons and being down 2-1 on the road in the NBA Finals, you go back to that game four against Cleveland on the road, they lost the third quarter in that game mostly because they won the first two quarters, and I really think that we can't rely on, on the usual third-quarter outbursts that we've been accustomed to expect. I think this is going to be a, a game that can theoretically be won or lost in the first quarter, let alone the first half, mostly because of the fact that all of the Warriors' offensive weapons are on the floor. And, and due to Steph's potential you know, minute-limiting injury that could, you know, show some show, show its teeth a little bit in this next game. This might mean leave Clay in for longer than a six-minute stint in that first quarter. So a few things to look out for early in this game and game four that could really tell the tale pretty quickly. Coach, I know to your point there were a number of things that were a little curious from the Warriors' perspective and hard to explain, but that said, first two games of the series, the Warriors had held their own with Boston on the backboards. I think it was pretty much even. I think Boston overall had maybe one more rebound than the Warriors, and tonight they just got destroyed. Any, To your eye, any reason why? Can you explain why uh, Boston just had a, such a dominant advantage, especially with the offensive rebounding tonight? Yeah, Whitey, I think a large part of that is, is just strictly effort. I, I think, uh, you know, Old school guys who used to box out used to turn and put a body on a guy. I mean, a lot of a lot of times now, especially with the advent of the three point shot, rebounds are longer than they used to be. You know, long shots, long rebounds, as we used to say, and a lot of that has nothing to do with size, but a matter of covering ground and just having an awareness, but really just a matter of effort. Uh, you know, and, and yes, there can be some small putbacks that are when the ball gets to the rim, but. 
a lot of that has to do with just being dialed in and understanding the value of that. And, and, and you know, rebounds in theory are, are 50-50 balls. You heard the guys say after the game, you know, they're beating us to 50-50s. And, and, and in some cases, those are turnovers or loose balls. And in a large part, those are also long rebounds or just effort-type plays. And those are contagious from the start. And, and, again, I go back and can't emphasize enough in game four how much it's going to be important to not just outscore and really set a, an offensive precedent in the first quarter, but to really set the precedent that and, – and, and, look, maybe this means playing Kevon Looney a little bit more because he, he by far, I think, and even, even when Andrew Wiggins is dialed in, Whitey, they do the, probably the best job of running down those rebounds. Now, because the other guys are usually shooting and, and Clay and Steph and Draymond facilitating, uh, but maybe it, it means putting guys in that you know can go get those and meet that resistance of rebounding. It's not just Robert Williams being long, athletic, and big. It's a lot that has to do with the effort, too. Kerry, i, I got to ask you, Coach, about how to manage a, a player when he's hot. And, you know, you had Steph who was rolling in that third quarter. I think the foul trouble was was probably part of it that he had four at that particular point in time. But typically Steph will play the whole third and then sit at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He was cooking in the third. He had the four fouls. I think it was pretty clear that, that Coach Kerr wanted to play him the whole fourth quarter, so that meant he was going to try and get him a couple of minutes at the end of the third quarter, but that led to pulling him out of the game when he was red hot. How difficult is that to do when you've got a player rolling, but you also know you really want to get him a rest at some point? It's really hard, J.D., and you know, in a series that's finite, right, and you know it can end. And in a game that could that could turn, you almost have to roll the dice a little bit. And you know, you, you trust that Steph's not going to make more than two mental mistakes because two of those four fouls really were, were really unnecessary when you, when you break them down. I mean, he he has to show the discipline to bring his hands out of position to even put the ref in a in a in a in a, in a decision making mode of yeah, he might have fouled my hand. Just show your hands. I I I think again going into into game four. These are the types of things where you have to roll the dice on it. You cannot take the chance and, and hope. And like Steve said at the end of the game, how many fouls did he end up with or, or in the post game? He ended up with four. A large part of the time is gambling on fouls and foul counts never outweighs a chance to have more points. So to answer your question, J.D., I, I think you have to roll with that. You have to go with what you need right now, and you can't buy time by waiting on fouls. Would, would you have played him the whole half? Like, would you have just played him the whole half? I mean, take the foul situation even out of it because he was rolling, or would you have at least kept him in to finish the third, and then maybe you just get him the two minutes in the fourth because he, he, might, he might win you the game in the third? Well, here's the thing about it, Wade. Here's, the, here's the, the yin and the yang, if you will. You've made your decision to attack the drop coverage that the Celtics are going to stick in. And I think the Celtics have kind of one-upped them on the chess match here and staying in that drop coverage. And in a way, I don't want to say suckering the Warriors into staying in that offensive mode, but Steph is putting his 30 up at, largely at the expense of the drop coverage in the ball screen, which is why you see less assists, why you see less motion offense. You, we have yet to see the propensity of slip screens on Steph's gravity to get wide-open layups, at, you know, Draymond hitting Clay, for instance, or even Wiggins for that matter. And even when Poole comes in, because the offense has become what the Celtics want it to become. And, and be, because of that, you almost have to stay with that. Like, like they're going to allow that to happen. 
So Steph is having that success. So it doesn't require a lot of effort in, in, in terms of Steph moving from side to side like we're accustomed to, Whitey. So I think you, you, you kind of counteract that move, if you will, by leaving him in longer. It shouldn't require a lot more effort for him to have the ball come off the screens and let it rip. And if he's going to go you know, 50% from three, I mean, now you're essentially 75 from two. So, yeah, I, I, I think you have to be prepared to let that go, especially in game four where you, where you have, have got to do whatever you can to come back to two. Yeah, Coach, that's a great point. We've been talking about that tonight, how the assist numbers are down and the Warriors' offense doesn't look the same. Some of that's by design, but ultimately is the offense uh, as efficient as it needs to be. Let me ask you this, if I may. We talk so much, and you talk, of course, you know more about it than we do, but we talk about adjustments um, game to game and, and, and strategies. But if you're the Warriors, how much going into game four does it come down to this? Draymond and Jordan Poole, but especially Draymond, they just have to play better. Yeah, sometimes it's as simple as that. I mean, let's not try to get over-analytical on it. These are, these are pros. These are guys that have done it before, especially in the case of Draymond. You have to show up. You have to do what you're paid to do. you got to do your job. You know, you, 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 know you, have to, you have to go out and perform to the best of your abilities to get to do what's expected of you. If there is any adjustment, though, Wadi, I will say this, that there might be a possibility of putting Andrew Wiggins and challenging Andrew Wiggins from a defensive standpoint to maybe stop Jordan Brown, uh, Jalen Brown, from getting mm-hmm. off to the first quarter starts and putting mm-hmm. the Celtics into a little bit of a mode. I, I think that could be one slight tweak. And again, a large part of that, I think, is a conversation with Draymond from the defensive standpoint with, with Coach Brown and Coach Kerr. Where are you at? What do you think? Look, we're going to find out tomorrow on the Draymond Green pod about exactly how he feels about <laughs> and what he expects. So let's not get it twisted. Everyone's all up in arms about him putting effort in the pod. It's not like these guys are shooting baskets and watching film 24 hours a day. They need to do something else. If Draymond chooses to go on a pod for, for an hour and tell us what he's doing, it helps us in the media know what yes. he's expecting game four. But, yeah, yes. I, I, think, I think it's a great point. Like sometimes you just keep it simple. You know, Do your job and, and, and don't get over-analytical and show up and just – you know, flat out play better, and obviously that has to happen coming up on Friday. Coach, great stuff. We really appreciate the time. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again here soon. Salute to JD for staying up till three a.m. Yes. I love it. Yes, some, go get some chowder. And get oh yeah, head, man. <laughs> yep, that's it. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All time. All right, Coach Kerry Keating joining us here on ninety-five-seven. The game. Uh, final thought to you, Whitey, as I look at the clock. Uh, down on the far end here at the TD Garden, 255. 255. Mm. I'll just say this. Maybe this isn't fair. The Warriors, I know they've been through this. They know what they're doing. I would like to see at some point a little more sense of urgency. And maybe it doesn't matter what they say. Maybe it only matters how they play. But, you know, it's always, well, we're okay. We're okay. We've been through this. We're okay. And I, I yeah, just want to see. Clay invoked yeah. game to 20, 2015 vibes. Okay. Like, this is a completely different yeah. series. Fair enough and yeah they've done it and I you know I haven't but at some point I'd, maybe we see it on the court if we see it on the court in game four grade but I'd like to see a little more sense of urgency here before this thing slips away and goes to Boston well it's big time sense of urgency better be in in full display on on Friday night because you lose that game and then all of a sudden the one thing you know is you're going to have to come back here to this building with the Celtics at at worst having a chance to win the NBA championship on their home floor. And I think that's the scenario that you need to avoid at all costs. Yeah, get get game four uh, and and get it to two to two and then 
hope you know hopefully from the Warriors point of view you get game five and then you don't have to play that that elimination game in this building because I, I think it's going to be and I didn't really know what to expect Whitey until until I got here I think it would be incredibly difficult for the Warriors to win an elimination game in this building if it if it came to that so game four to me is is massive for the Golden State Warriors no doubt about it Whitey Excellent stuff. Really appreciate you joining me again here, as you have throughout the last couple of weeks uh, and through the through the whole playoffs uh, for Warriors wrap up. And uh, we'll get a chance to do it again on Friday night. Looking forward to it, and then uh, double up by by chatting Saturday morning before I fly back from Boston. Yeah, I look forward to it, JD. Thank you. Thanks to all the listeners, and go go grab yourself a big breakfast right now, JD. Yep, looking forward. I think I'm going to get a few a few hours of shut eye before okay. before All breakfast. Right. But yeah, right. appreciate it, Whitey. We'll talk to you on Friday night uh, for Sterling and Craig and everybody in our San Francisco studios. Excellent work uh, by one and all. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. Back with you on Friday. Actually, filling in for Steiny on Friday as well, noon to three with Daryl the Guru Johnson. And then uh, yeah, we're keeping it rolling here uh, from nine to midnight. 12 to 3 Eastern Friday night, and then back with Warriors this week on Saturday. We've got a full week of coverage still to come here as we get you to Game 4 and then Game 5. So keep it locked right here uh, on 95.7 of the game. Warriors fall to the Celtics, 116-100, to 100, and we'll talk to you on Friday. Good night. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.